Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Sisters of the Leaf, coming to you live once again from, well, all over the fucking place, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight, your favorite crew of highly intoxicated numbnuts will be discussing the little-seen 1987 sci-fi gem, Galactic Gigolo, while smoking the intergalactic cigar from Blackwork Studio, paired with, as always, some out-of-this-world craft beers. I better wrap this one up pretty quick, seeing as how I'm almost out of space puns. Well, it sounds like we're in store for a cosmic good time, folks. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. You know what? Let me take one more sip of my podcasting serum. Yeah, let's all have some serum. Let's all have a little bit of serum. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Uh, you guys doing all right? Cheers. Tonight? Cheers. Well, I was doing good until uh, Texas Tech put the whooping on my Longhorn basketball team last night. Uh, oh, they, they, they said, no, no, no bueno here. Man, you guys just suck at everything now. We are. I think we're still good at volleyball, maybe. Do you, do you see any correlation there that things really started to tank once you enrolled at the University of Texas? Well, obviously enough, I was like, when we got like up on the first half of Oklahoma and football, I was like, I have blessed this university. And then the yeah. second half was like the worst comeback ever. But yeah, uh, so like when I was in high school, our, after going to playoff after playoff after playoff, we never made a playoffs while I was in high school. Uh, then when I was in SFA, despite having Jeremiah Trotter on the team, we never had a winning season. And then now I think I've brought my funk to UT. I think you might see a limousine pull up to your house with uh, some rich Texas boosters, maybe with a, a briefcase full of dough asking you to just go away. I'm at Texas State, boys. I love Texas State. Well, I don't know about you guys, uh, but on the flip side of coin uh, – I'm still riding high from two straight weekends of the best playoff football I've ever seen in my entire life. It's the opposite of UT football. I've seen the most amazing <laughs> six games over the last two weekends. I, I've been watching football for 30-something years. Never 
ever have I seen a run of games like this. It's like I, I'm on cloud nine. I think we're set up for a fantastic Super Bowl in two weeks. And by that, I mean a Super Bowl that has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that ass wipe was uh, – he was laid to rest very early in the playoffs. So everything's just pure gravy for me. Coming up, Cade. I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I'm, a, I'm assuming that he did his own research on the San Francisco defense schemes. <laughs> hey, I, I guess he wasn't immunized against the linebacker blitz. <laughs> what an asshole. Uh, good riddance, you critical thinking putts. Uh, so, yeah, so there, there seems to be some actual real decent human beings involved in the Super Bowl. we got the, the Rams, the underdog Bengals. Uh, which I don't. I haven't talked to him. I'm pretty sure even my Ohio relatives. You're either a Browns fan in Ohio or a Bengals fan, and I, I imagine they're so hardcore they're going to root for the Rams because it's just like Browns and Bengals fans are oil and water. But man, I, I I like this Bengals team. Yeah, I love the my man Joe my man Joe Burrow. I've I've been a big Burrow fan for throughout the. Yeah, I, I remember all the times you didn't talk about him. <laughs> I love that kid. Love that kid. Uh, so yeah, so it's just a really great time to be a, a football fan or a sports fan. And doctor, with football winding down, that means baseball spring training is going to be starting up at the end of the month. I know that's a huge, you love spring training when that gets going. Oh, sure. Put that knife in and turn it. Of course, there's still a lockout going on. So <laughs> oh, that's true. We anticipate spring training will be postponed because those money-grubbing shitheads can't. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, jump, on the Texas bandwagon. jump on the Texas bandwagon because the Texas boys are going to be playing baseball. But speak- my saving grace is, I believe, two weeks from Saturday, college baseball starts, and I got the Longhorn Network, baby, so I'll be watching me some college baseball. Well, listen, I came across this news article the other day, and we're talking about sports, and now that we're talking about baseball, I thought it might be worth sharing. So uh, here's the headline. Out at home, Portland Pickles baseball team axes the Twitter takeover by its mascot after an unfortunate <laughs> photo crop made a thumbs-up snap look like a pic of his penis. <laughs> oh, man, this is great. And I, I'll, and all the all the visuals that I'm going to allude to in the article, I'll put up on the episode page, uh, episode 152, so you can go to the website to get a, <coughs> yeah, go to Amazon and get me a Portland Pickles T-shirt real quick. <laughs> here's uh, the as reported by Adriana Diaz for DailyMail.com. Here's the article. I've been dying to share this with you guys. The mascot for the Portland Pickles minor league baseball team got himself in quite the pickle after posting a suggestive selfie on the squad's official Twitter page that looked like a green cotton penis. Dylan, Dylan, I love that the pickle's name is Dylan. Dylan, the popular pickles mascot, tweeted the picture out Wednesday. It showed him seated wearing the team's white jersey and flashing the top of his furry green finger like a thumbs up which the red face team quickly claimed he was trying to get the thumbs up sign, but the picture cropped. It was down in his lap and the picture cropped it. So it was just this big green dick sticking up. Uh, However, the photo was cropped from the neck down, leaving little to the imagination. The stunt appeared to be done on purpose. Here's where it gets interesting. Since Dylan, the pickle tagged several Twitter accounts with suggestive names, including he, he tagged manscaped. Steakums, 
don't know what that's all about. Bush's Beans, Senator Scott Weiner, <laughs> Oscar Meyer Hot Dogs, Corn Nuts, and someone named, who's Justin Dickmeyer? <laughs> Do you guys know who Justin Dickmeyer is? No, but this is awesome. One, they, right. one of their t-shirts has a slogan, Just Dill with it. Within minutes of the picture being posted, the team ended Dylan's publicized takeover of the Twitter page and called foul on the pickle prank. We have ended our mascot takeover, the team tweeted. It's come to our attention that this photo can be misinterpreted as a disturbing image. Dylan would like to go on record and say that he was trying to give his fans a thumbs up. There was no immediate word on whether the unidentified mascot will be fired by the Oregon team, which plays in the West Coast League. Here's where it gets good. Despite the team yanking the picture as fast as it could. Yanking. Well played, Adriana Diaz for Daily Mail. The raunchy joke quickly went viral, amassing 43,000 likes, 6,000 retweets, and hundreds of hilarious replies in less than 24 hours. You, mu- you must be happy to see us. The Inland Empire 66ers, another minor league team, posted on their official account with an image of a grinning Woody Woodpecker. The Altoona Curve baseball team tweeted, your followers aren't the only thing that's rising. <laughs> the Burlington Sock Puppets baseball team also jumped in on the joke asking, you up? <laughs> The official, <laughs> the official Slim Jim account commented a thumbs up on the photo, leading the pickles to ask if that was an official endorsement. I'm a meat stick. You wouldn't be doing yourself any favors, Slim Jim responded. <laughs> All right. Some of the verified accounts that were tagged in the photo even joined in. I was told I'm not allowed to comment on this thread at Skittles tweeted the Skittles account. When the pickles asked, can we count this as an official comment? Skittles replied, you're going to get me fired. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> but not all the accounts had as much fun with the joke as Skittles did. I guess tagging a bunch of other verified accounts worked, huh? Steakums cracked. What the fuck, Steakums? Grow a funny bone, man. Yeah. Well, that's, okay. that's a heated rivalry between the Portland Pickles and the Seattle Steakums. Uh, I don't think there's any love lost between those two teams. For a bunch of for a bunch of slices of frozen meat, you sure are bitter about shit. The team then informed fans that the social media manager involved in the viral tweet was identified and being investigated by the office. Investigated and given for, a raise. Investigated for being a hysterical badass. <laughs> Manscaped then jumped in to defend the mascot, tweeting hashtag Free Dylan. <laughs> The Portland Pickles did not reply to an inquiry from the Daily Mail or the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. So, Dylan the Pickle, this beer's for you. Boys, <laughs> to Dylan. We need, more, we need more Dylan the Pickles out there. And I'm definitely ordering one of these T-shirts because there's a smiling pickle with a little blue hat with a P on it. I was trying to toast to Dylan and touch somehow I didn't have a beer for the first time in six years. <laughs> Hey, do you guys want to whip out our pickles in solidarity with Dylan? (laughs) 
line from the movie Backdraft where he says, that's your career dissipation light flashing. <laughs> Ted, are you, are you ready to toast Dylan? <laughs> yeah. Give me one second. Come on. Let, let me, yeah, come on. Yeah. What was the other one? The Saskatchewan Sock Puppets? <laughs> it was the, the something Sock Puppets, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go, Dylan. Dylan the Pickle, five minutes later. <laughs> but I'm still laughing at the story. Thank you, Andriana Reyes. And you guys were Girl, you guys were a new place for the Yankees. <laughs> you you guys were a big fuzzy green thumbs down on us pulling out our pickles, right? <laughs> okay, that yeah, is why yes. that is why Tut will never give me our Twitter password. Uh, and I, I I think he's I think he's made the correct call there. <sighs> Welcome everybody to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club episode one fifty two. One fifty two. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, we had a little bit of a hiatus. We uh, made up for it. On If you've been seeing uh, over on the TNC website, we've been doing a lot of activity over there. I've been, I haven't seen it. Been dropping cigar reviews like crazy. The doctor uh, last or two weeks ago dropped a, a phenomenal oh, yeah. hot dog review. Hot dog Blu-ray review of one of our favorite movies that we've done here on the show. They released a special edition Blu-ray. The doctor could not recommend it more, but I'm going to make you go over to the website to read all about that. Uh, it was a strong enough endorsement that I went out and bought it. Um, there you go, doctor. If you could give me a thumbs up, but just keep it low here on your on your Zoom screen. <laughs> there you go, Dylan Pickle, baby. Um, so yeah, we're back in the saddle. Uh, keep this keep this train going as long as we can. Um, as you folks know, uh, we like to do three things here. We like to drink beer, lots of beer. We like to smoke good cigars and uh, we like to talk about movies and somehow we make them all work together any way we can. Sometimes it's painful, but we make it work. Uh, cause that's what we get paid to do. Well, not really. we, we, we do have supporters who, <laughs> who like what we do. Uh, and we do it because, Doctor, we love it. We love it. <laughs> there you are. Oh. <laughs> love it. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, um, you know what, guys? I'm anxious to get back into the swing of things. How about I introduce tonight's cigar and we just get things going? Yeah, let's do it. I like it. I got overwhelming support for what I'm about to do. I'm going to introduce the cigar. I'm very excited to smoke this thing. This is... The Intergalactic by Blackwork Studio. And I dare you, when I say that, not to hear the Beastie Boys Intergalactic song in your head. Too late. Couldn't do it. First <laughs> thing that popped in. Yeah, you just, that word. They own that word in your head. You can't. Uh... So anyway, uh, this is by Blackwork Studio, a subset of Black Label Trading Company. We did a couple of their sticks uh, last year. Uh, I think the Porcelain and... Oh, something else. The name escapes me, but uh, we, we, we've got a long, we've done a lot of their cigars over the years and uh, I'm very excited about this one. It is a six and one fourth by 46. It's called a Corona Larga Indonesian Sumatra wrapper, Ecuadorian Habano binder and Nicaraguan filler. I'm going to save price point for last. Here is what James Brown, who we've had on the show before we've interviewed, Maybe twice. I'm not uh, at least once. 
on the show and then maybe uh, at an event uh, we sat down and talked to him. Yeah, IPCPR way back then. Vegas, I think Vegas yeah. a couple years ago. Sat down and talked to him. Here's the what James, James Brown? Not the James Brown. Okay. Yeah, from, the James Brown. From CBS uh, CBS Football? Oh, yeah, not the James it, Brown from CBS Football. Brown. That's my James Brown. <laughs> I understand there's a singer by that name, but I... Would this James Brown be considered the godfather of soil? That actually wasn't bad. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> Inter- <laughs> and I was going to go all cigar nerd on you. Actually, they don't own their own farms. Uh, they they outsource their tobacco. <laughs> so uh, Intergalactic is a unique cigar for Blackwork Studio. I would consider it in a more traditional wheelhouse in terms of its overall profile with a definite Oveja Negra twist, James Brown said. Oveja Negra is there, of course, their factory there in uh, Nicaragua. The blend starts with bold spice followed by herbal and cedar notes. The finish is a balance of different layers. The spice and earthy notes of the Nicaragua, Nicaragua filler tobaccos are gently brought together with the creamy, Subtle sweetness of the dark Sumatra wrapper. The cigar is both bold and subtle all at the same time. That's why I'm so excited to light into this bad boy. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Blackwork Studios' other Sumatran wrapper uh, offering, the SNR, the Serpent and the Rainbow. Yeah, that was a a good stick. Which we featured way back in 2018 on episode 71. Doctor, I know that was one of your favorite episodes, the King Cobra episode. I know you have fond memories of that one. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a really nice Sumatran rapper, just for the reasons he said that, that, uh, that subtle sweetness and the, and the, the smoothness and the creaminess. Uh, so man, I'm dying. The cigar has a little bit of a, it's not quite, at least mine isn't quite closed entirely foot. Mine wasn't either. It was like a, yeah. a three quarter closed. It's about three fourths closed. Um, and then it's got a very nice tightly wound cap. It's a beautiful looking cigar. A lot of points there uh, on the appearance scale. It's got some. Yeah, nice got a nice there. little had had a nice little uh, T on that cold draw. Uh, <clears throat> a little surface or a little, little bit of oils to the which I don't necessarily usually uh, pick up on Sumatran wrappers, but there's a nice little oiliness to the uh, to the wrapper. It seems a little bit firm uh, to the squeeze. Uh, dare I say, maybe a tad lumpy. But that could not be maybe not be an rustic. Issue at all. A little bit rustic. There you go. You say, I say lumpy. You say rustic. We're both right. Um, so let's light this thing up. So you got a little bit of what kind of tea on the cold draw? Just a regular, just a just a regular old nothing fancy, nothing a nice little Louisiana tea right there. A little unsweet, there. unsweetened iced tea. <laughs> uh, and the the wrapper itself has had a very uh, rodeo stuff. A lot of a lot of hay and a lot of hay and horse shit. Very much <laughs> in a good so. way. Again, we just call it rodeo stuff. Yeah, that initial uh, blast was really nice. You got you got a ton of pepper, ton, mixed of spice. When he says it was bold yeah. right off the start, it was it was bold. It made me stand up and take notice. There was also a lot of stuff going on underneath. It's kind of tough to pinpoint because you got the it's so bold with that powerful. Uh, 
uh, pepper and spice coming through, especially on that retro hell, which I was actually surprised as bold as the palette draw is that retro hell was ballsy, but it wasn't like, it wasn't just knocking my teeth out, but it was hiding some complicated stuff. I swear I felt, uh, it's almost like a Nestle quick powder, but it's a little bit more bitter, but it still had that kind of Nestle quick bitter powder to it. It's kind of hiding under in, hiding underneath all that, uh, pepper and spice. Oh. I just lit up. You're not bullshitting that that initial spice. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad t- tasting something because all I'm getting is pepper right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, Todd. Uh, the cold draw for me, I have 100% agreement. It's tea, but I actually had a little bit of a sweet a sweetness to it. It was a little bit of, of a, uh, a little Georgia sweet tea there for me, uh, which was a really nice cold draw. But, man, it it's such a, a gentle, enjoyable thing. And then you light this thing, and it kicks you right in your fucking – Dylan the pickle. Man, is there a little bit of hint of like wasabi coming off of that that draw? No. Mm. All the spice for me is strictly in the nose. Man, right, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting a lot of stuff on the draw too. I'm getting some action there. No, I, I'm getting a nice uh <laughs> I, I, I'm going to just take a minute to <laughs> so nice. Oh. <laughs> I, Hey man, I, I haven't had a lot of spicy cigars lately. So yeah, I'm liking this, this blast. And I'm and, telling and, you right now, I'm loving it because there are so many times where I've walked in and bless their hearts. You know, I go to a tobacconist and I'm like, I'm looking for something that is Esteli. I want something just heavy and I want it to pound. And they're like, oh, yeah, try this. And I'm like, no, try this. No. Try the intergalactic. Yeah, but the funny thing is, I mean, uh, you know, Black Works is kind of, or Black Label anyway, is kind of known for being a heavy hitter. And, you know, the Sumatra rapper kind of has this, like the SNR is a very smooth smoking experience. Uh, man. Yeah, whatever they're using for Nicaraguan fillers in this thing. Jesus. <laughs> I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Hey, it lets you know you're alive. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so you know what? Let's let's usually that spice takes a while to kind of acclimate. I'll come back to it. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about per the huge, as the kids say, do the kids say that? I don't know. No, no, they don't say huge. They don't say huge. No. Okay. Now the millennials say use trying to reference the the Gen Zs, but the Gen Zs don't go for it. The Gen Zs are like rip. I guess that makes me a big noob. Do they still call people noobs? No, they call you boomer. I'm not a boomer. It doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter. You're either Gen Z or a boomer. Uh, no, nah, maybe you, buddy. You walking into class with that cowboy hat like Jr. from. <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Get out my pen, my pencil, my barbecue sauce. I'm going to tell you, we. <laughs> it's uh, damn near electric here in Coding Academy. Uh, anyway, the other thing uh, we do next, we talk about beers. And as I move on, I actually had a beer before the show that I was going to drink tonight, and it was so fucking terrible. That I had to, I had to have a a different beer to cleanse my palate, which is this one. I'm about to finish this, and then I'm switching to my show beer. So we'll do me last. If that makes any sense? Uh, let's go to the doctor first. You know what? 
Happy New Year, Doctor. Happy New Year, Mr. K. Yak Boy, our resident beer expert, the sexiest co-owner and head bartender at O'Brien's Irish Pub in downtown historic Temple, Texas. He's the guy who tells us about what we're drinking and why we should like it. And sometimes he's right, but he's never wrong. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, I like uh, it. Yeah, up. Like it. 60% of the time, he's right all the time. <laughs> uh, let's start with the doctor. He, he can't join us currently smoking, but he can sure as hell join us drinking. Uh, tell us what the doctor's enjoying tonight. Hopefully. The good doctor is having from Founders Brewing the Unraveled IPA. It is uh, Founders, uh, located in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, started back in 97, <clears throat> so brewing beer for many years. Uh, the the Unraveled is 6.6%. It's 50 IBUs. Uh, they went in on this one. Uh, everyone is trying out the new thing in hop. Actually, basically use hops, a, a form of hops concentrate, so to speak, call it. The actual chemical that you get out of hops that gives you the hoppiness is known as lupulin. 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 And so they used in that beer, they used a lupulin powder. So basically it's... Concentrate powder. It's concentrate powder. Normally the hops are processed into sort of like pellets. But in this instance, they basically... Just squeeze all the hoppy goodness out into powder. So what what is the thought process there? Why would that be better than just doing it? So I mean it's it's certainly been working for me for the last God knows how many years. Uh, I don't know. I think everyone's just tired. What else you got in hops? This is it. This is all we got. No, uh, it's uh, easy. It's a it. conspiracy. They're hiding all kinds of protein powder and payway in the in the in the hop powder there. So I'm sure someone just has like an entire warehouse full of sawdust, and he says, "What if we just mix hops in with it?" As oh man, is that, that sounds like the Stone Brewery Master Brewer there. So basically, it's even more processed than normal, meaning that my liver is doing additional work breaking things down. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. But your taste buds are flying high. Thanks, Bill Gates. <laughs> Am I right? I'm going to apply for yes. this position as the new pitching coach of the Portland Pickles. How do you like it, Vincy? What's the verdict? You know, it's not bad. Um, it uh, it has a very – I mean, it's called a juicy India pale ale. It does have a very lemony taste to it, which yeah. I'm normally not a fan of, but – while it's definitely discernible, it's not overbearing. Um, going down pretty easy. Um, I, I know I say this a lot about hot summer days on the golf course, but I can. it's nice and warm here in Casa Doctor, but I think across <laughs> the state we're all dealing with freezing conditions. Yeah. Uh, this would probably be a, a better beer on a warmer day, given it's a, a lemony aftertaste, but... Uh, um yeah nothing about it really wows me but uh it's it's doing the trick it's working we'll see i i'm on my second one maybe by the time i get to my fourth i'll be like hey it's fucking great uh, <laughs> that's usually how it goes okay um yeah that lemony we've had that kind of 
lemon pledge, uh, lemon kind of dish soap flavor in some beers before. What was that one from Wisconsin that we had? That League and Kugel? Oh, or? the League and Kugel. Line and Kugel. Like, yeah. Kugel exercises, Hefeweizen. I remember Line and Kegels. <laughs> was, there was that one. Was that the same as the there was the summer shandy? Yeah, that was the line of yes, Kugels. The that's the line of Distinctly not liking that at all. I think that was the one tut where I finally called you out on like saying <laughs> like is this. I'm at a I'm at an outdoor party and there's nothing else to drink and I'm dying of thirst and I need it to live. I'll I'll have to do this. Uh, uh, doctor, you've doctor, you've kind of taken that on too. It's like. Well, if it's 110 degrees on the golf course, I could see this being a really good. Uh, I didn't say those were the only circumstances under which I would drink it. Right. As I'm Doc, I, I put that moment as one of my pivotal growing moments. I actually learned a lot from that exchange, and I carry that with me on a daily basis. I am like, would, God, would Doc say, hey, stop pussying around and say you don't like it? Yeah, I don't like this. See, Tut, we never stop learning, and knowledge is power. Uh, I remember distinctly not liking the summer shandy, and I've got no problem with this. Okay. Um, it does not sound like it's an. it would be an ideal pairing for a cigar. Sounds like that, that lemon component might really get in the way of some things. Uh, I, would, I would definitely agree with that assessment, and as you uh, and the fellas have pointed out before, it uh I'm, I'm not as good at you guys as as coming up with a number but it claims to have 50 ibus and just based on my experience and i believe this is par for the course as you pointed out uh, ad nauseum mr Cade, i would think it's significantly lower than even 50. oh sure sure um guys real quick before we go on the next beer the spice has subsided downshifted it it set its butt down it really did it has set its butt down into medium territory now instead of in the red uh it is in medium and for me it's really let some nice leather and cedar show up on that draw um it's it's and there's a creaminess in there too that i was hoping uh with the sumatra wrapper because that's one of the things i love so much about the their snr the sumatra wrapper they use on that but uh it's got just a really smooth smoking cedar profile with some leather in there. Do you say that's that's singing to you too, Yak Boy? Yes, right on there, and just a little teeny. I caught it here just a second ago. Just what'd you say? Tea? Chocolate. No chocolate. No touch of chocolate. Little chocolate. Uh-huh. Would you say like uh you froze up on us? Yes. Would you say like a, a Nestle powder like Tut got on earlier? Or? No, I was thinking like you know is this? But it, I mean it. It was more like you know you said that creaminess. I was gonna say it's more like you know actual candy chocolate. Just like a like a Dove milk milk chocolate square. Just okay. very just for a second there, I was like, man, this tastes pretty. This is chocolatey. I'm liking it. Digging right. it. Well, Tut, is that copacetic with what you're getting? Yeah, I'm going to be disappointed because I never get I never get creamy, so yeah. I'm going to be missing out on that profile. But it definitely the 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 spice and the pepper just set way down. It's still present on the retro hell, but it's nice. It's a it's a pleasant spice now. It's not just you know making my eyes wince. Um, what I've noticed is that if you if you if you stop smoking, which is hard for me to do, I'm going to blaze this thing. Um, 
But if you stop smoking for a while, there's almost like a little tea aftertaste on the palate that's kind of cool. It kind of hangs around for a little bit. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really kind of liking it. I do get a little bit of the leather coming coming into it. I haven't really broached on the cedar, but I'm definitely getting a light leather. It's not like the Indiana Jones leather, but it's nice. Oh, it's it, a nice, subtle leather. I, I'll, I'll even go your bright leather, Tut. Oh, will. Will you? Bright leather. All right. Well, since Sokka said it was okay to say that. Uh, it yeah. is. It is. I've been using that in all my reviews now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got a nice bright leather to it. Uh, yeah, and wait for it. Um, by the way, construction, look at that burn line. Excellent. Little stack of dimes, ash. Smells wonderful. Hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I'm uh, okay. Uh, but uh, I would say about an inch and a half in, I'm getting a little bit of that Nicaraguan mineral behind the spice on the retro. Uh, that is uh, always welcome. So good deal. All right. So that's the yeah, doctor's beer. I agree with you. I agree with you. That's uh, I am back in comfortable hands with my beer, Yak Boy. So go ahead. Uh, my first beer is an old friend that we've had on the show several times. Tell the folks what I'm drinking. Ah, yes. From Elysian Brewing out of Seattle, Washington. Space Dust IPA. 8.2%, they say 62 IBUs, but I always say that's never quite right. Yeah, I'd put around 50. It's not a super hoppy IPA. Um, it, it, it's got a just a right amount of maltiness underneath, but there's that the hops that are there are so well-defined without super bitterness, and they go so well with that maltiness. It's a very dark, beautiful pour. I just, I love this beer. Uh, when I yeah. saw we, when I saw we were doing a intergalactic cigar and a galactic movie, uh, there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to take a special beer to to lead me to go any other direction than the Elysian Space Dust. I think. Uh, well, is there is there any other beer to do that goes with a intergalactic movie? I mean, of course, we've done had Space Dust many times on the show, but of course, the very first time, episode 75, Beach Babes from Beyond. Our, our most popular episode. I think I think that, that sucker's hundreds of thousands of YouTube views. Uh, people love that episode. And then I think I also did it last year with the Bruce Willis sci-fi movie, Breach. Yes. Which we, uh, we had a lot of fun with. Um, so yeah, I love this beer. And it well, the main thing I, I like about it, especially why I do it on the show so much, I've yet to find a cigar that battles it or is it complemented by it. Uh, the, the malts and the hops just provide a beautiful baseline drink to where I'm convinced nothing the cigar, it's not going to take anything away from the cigar. And if anything, it'll just enhance the flavors I'm getting. It's a, it's a beautiful, and I know they sold out. Good for them. Uh, who's distributing them now, Yanks? Budweiser. Is it Budweiser? Uh, that, uh, I don't think it's. I think so. It doesn't matter. They 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 made some money. Good for them. Uh, and uh, it's just a wonderful beer. So yeah, it's going great. Um, and I I don't think I'm going to be revisiting the what I chose for my second beer tonight. But once I get drunk enough, I definitely am going to give that beer some shit because it was 
bullshit. You false, should. It des- sounds like it deserves it. False advertising, complete bullshit from a, a brewer that I usually really like and I'm happy to sing their virtues, and they really pissed me off tonight. So I'll, I'll deal with them later. Uh, let's AB talk about InBev is who owns Elysium. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, let's uh, let's see what Tut's drinking. Uh, Tut is having from Neff Brewing astronaut cookies. It's good Neff. Oatmeal stouts. Yeah. Good, did you say good Neff? Good Neff. <laughs> just Neff, not good Neff. Just Neff. Uh, of course, the astronaut cookies oatmeal stout is five percent. 33 IBUs. Of course, uh, Brewing got started back uh, just recently here, back in 2018. They're out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and the owner, he wanted, he had unfortunately uh, did come down with the celiacs. So he actually made a brewery so that everything is gluten free. That is right. I got to tell a story. Can I tell a story? You can tell a story. All right. So I, I walk up into my local little beer shop, uh, Boutique, uh, Boutique Brews in Cedar Park, Texas. And uh, so I'm, I'm like, damn it, Cade. He was all, I, I just wanted a stout tonight. It was cold. I wanted a stout. And then I was like, damn it, Cade. I could just hear his voice. Why didn't you pick something that matches the movie? So I was trying real hard to find something that matches the movie. And I'm running across, and I found this one peanut butter style. And I'm like, all right, that sounds pretty good. And the next thing you know, out of the corner of my eye, I see astronaut cookies. And I'm like, oatmeal style, astronaut cookies, home run. Grabbed up my my four-pack. It only comes in a four-pack for some reason, which is weird for a 5% beer. And uh, so I, I took it up to the counter. I'm in I'm in Jason land at that point. I'm not listening to anything. And the guy behind the counter is like, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give it a try. I wasn't even paying attention to what this dude was saying. And he was like, all right, you know, I'm surprised you're going gluten free. And I'm like, wait, what? Gluten free? He's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't hear a word you said. I just kind of nodded. <laughs> I like that you acknowledge that you were an asshole. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, I'm going to apologize. Did, did you tell him you or anything you said? Did you tell him that? Like when yes. you were describing the beer, I just heard the Charlie Brown teacher. Uh, no, I didn't go into that detail. I was like, to be honest, I was in my own world. I didn't hear that you said gluten free. <laughs> How is the gluten free astronaut cookies? It's actually pretty good. Uh, it's not as um, forward as an oatmeal style, it's a little bit more subdued, but it's good. Uh, I, I, I'm really kind of digging it. Uh, it's not the greatest in the world, but man, I, I would have no problem coming back for this or even reaching for it for a second time. And no, Mincy, it's not like if I'm on a deserted island and I'm dying of thirst and it's the last beer. I actually do like the beer. Hey, uh, I'm happy for you. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, and then you know I'm here in Austin, so gluten free, vegan, and contains no major allergens. Yeah, uh, there you go. Pretty good. Uh, well, there you go. Neff, that's a new one. I don't believe we've ever had a Neff brewery offering on the show. So uh, good job, Tut. Uh, I told I told Tut before the show. Uh, I saw an astronaut beer myself in my local beer depository, and it was from St. Martin's Brewery. It had a really cool can. 
And I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 St. Martin's. No, Don't fall gonna, for it. No. You're not going to get me again. No, <laughs> sir. Uh, fool me once, fool me twice. They fooled me like 10 times. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I think I almost bought that one yesterday because I bought the Unraveled actually uh, before I watched the movie. And I think that might, what was the name of that one, Kate? The St. Martin's one that was thematically appropriate. It was a, it was, I think, a peanut butter stout. Yeah, does that sound right? I think uh, so. Yes. It was, it was like astronaut something, and had a like all St. Martin's. It had a really cool can. They whatever they pay their artist isn't enough. They had the most amazing can artwork, but I've yet to have a beer from them that I didn't. It, every every six pack I bought from them, I have five. I have still in my fridge. I, I, I literally have never drank more than one of them. Uh, Hi, we here at Martin Brewer. We've sold $100 million in beer, and then 99% of it's due to Jeff, <laughs> our graphic artist. So, yeah, um, I, I dodged that bullet, and I, I, I think maybe you did too, Doctor. And, and Doctor, I'm sorry. I should say uh, I, I kind of busted your, your balls back there about the King Cobra episode. Uh, to, just to explain that comment, out of all the movies we've done, sometimes we've revisited a beer without realizing we had drank it before. But in the history of the show, Doctor and I were having a conversation many moons ago, and I brought up the movie King Cobra, and I was describing it to him. He's like, I need to check that out sometime. I'm like, Doctor, we did a we did an episode on that. And he's like, Oh, that must have I must not have been there for that one. And then I went to the episode page, and there's us and the doctor drinking and having fun. He's like, Oh shit, I guess I did watch that movie. Well, to double down on that, you know what? When you made that comment earlier, I didn't even realize you were busting my balls. I forgot <laughs> the fact that you reminded me that I'd forgotten it. <laughs> I don't know what. God, I, I don't really know how this happens. <laughs> uh, okay, how's it? How's the uh, how's the astronaut cookies going with the cigar? Not battling, not battling at all. I mean, it makes way for it. I could see that. I could see an oatmeal stout actually working really well with this. Uh, okay, uh, moving on. Uh, Yak Boy, our resident beer expert, he's about to blow us away with whatever. Dude, he totally bought the St. Martin's astronaut beer. What are you drinking, Yak Boy? I did. That's what exactly. No, I did not. There's no <laughs> way ever I'm going to get the St. Martin's. Okay. I learned my lesson after the eighth time I got the St. Martin's. This is going to be the one. This will be the beer that changes every. Oh, favorite. They got me with the puppy chow. They got me with the crunch enhancer. They're not getting me again. Oh, sons of bitches. That graphic artist, I swear to God, he's so good. Uh, what are you drinking, brother? I revisiting an old favorite because I was like, I didn't know about cigar. I didn't want to be like, you know, because I was looking at some things like, oh, this looks like it's just going to burn my tongue. This looks like it's just going to be nothing but coffee and chocolate beer. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to, I didn't want to do it, but went theme appropriate. I went back to a favorite UFO white ale fits perfectly with tonight's movie and cigar. Have you done UFO before? Yeah. Just a couple episodes ago on uh, 150 black Friday. <clears throat> oh, black Friday when the aliens uh, invaded during a, uh... The, ho- the holiday shopping season. Okay. Yes. So you must have liked it. I did. No, UFOs, it, it's a great beer. It's very light. It's it's a white ale, uh, 
fits right in more along like a wheat. So percent, 11 IBUs, uh, UFO brewing out of uh, Boston. Uh, good stuff. I like it. And I, it, it goes well with this cigar. I mean, it's yeah, no, I, I, no battling. I mean. I got to be honest with you. I, th- I think this cigar is going to go with most beers. Um, I, I, I just think that that, now, especially now that that mineral's complementing that spice through the nose, uh, the spice is medium, steady medium now. Uh, it's still letting you know it's there, but it's 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 certainly dialed down. Uh, that bright leather, cedar, and that creaminess coming through. Uh, there is a tea component there, Tut. Uh, it's it's well, it was sweet tea on the cold draw for me. Now it's just that a nice unsweetened uh, tea joining that stuff. It's a it's a really nice profile. Uh, and what just, I really like is that the mix of the mineral and the tea is just it's it's really good. It is. Uh, smoke production is copious. Problem this is, is, I'm burning the fuck out of this thing. This thing is uh, slow down, slow down, Hoss. I'm trying, but I I'd love it too much. Uh, yeah, it is. Man, is I'm enjoying the hell of it. Okay. Well, speaking of cigars, uh, before we move on, you know who makes some damn fine ones, Tut? Um, let me see. In the year of 2022, um, in the year of the tiger, Happy That's Lunar right. New Year, everybody. Uh, I'm going to go with our friends at Drew Estate. You know what? How weird is that? It's 2022, and they're still making great cigars. And <sighs> Drew Estate is about to make someone a whole lot richer. During one of its freestyle live shows on the company's Facebook Live page last year, facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigar, Drew Estate announced that it would be holding a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during upcoming freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan to be announced. Get this. This will be next week during the February 17th, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. I checked the other day. One Bitcoin right now is worth 39 grand. That's a wow. hell of a prize. It's a hell of a prize. <laughs> That's a good walking away money. Entry into the unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes was simple. During each of the company's three freestyle live events back in October, November of last year, and January of this year, the company randomly selected the names of five people who attended the online show, commented during specific times in each broadcast as potential winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. They gave away a truck. They gave away an ATV. They gave away a gorgeous hand-carved wooden bar. Uh, the five winners from each of these three shows created the contestant pool of 15 people eligible to win the grand prize, one Bitcoin. Uh, you got to tune in. Like I said, when this airs, it'll be next week, February 17th, to learn who the winner is. We'll be there. We'll be partying. So come party with us. That is on Facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigar. And also, while I got your attention, I'd like to take a moment to talk about something very cool, Cigar World. Cigar World is an online site for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. You can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. Doctor, I believe you've been doing some experiments over the holidays. Uh, How are those going? Um, Well, I have been attempting unsuccessfully to turn loose change into bitcoins. Uh, I don't think that's actually possible. But like like dimes and nickels? Yeah, I've got like a jar of change, and I thought these are coins. <laughs> Maybe I can turn them into these these lucrative bitcoins. And uh, so far, the only thing I've done is accidentally kill a pigeon. 
but uh, more oh. to come this. Oh. Hey, you know, setbacks are part of science. Maybe you'll discover a new field called, uh, you know, bicomy. You can be a bicomist. And, and, I, and I, the pigeon, I'm sure, did not suffer. You're right, Tut. Setbacks did you hear? are part of science. You know what I said? I said bicomist. Yeah, no, I, I caught it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hey, I, I got a couple of Drew, Drew Estate notes uh, for my own thing. Uh, one, I saw, uh, I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, and boom, Pedro pops up into it. I guess they're at, what, TPE? Last week, and, uh, they were in Vegas at TPE. That is correct. Dude, that guy is so freaking infectious with his positivity and his energy. I mean, I was having kind of a bad, bad day, you know, there at the at the GDC studying my programming, and I'm like, man, my code sucks. I'm looking through my phone. There's uh, Pedro. He's got an acid twenty in his hand, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna choose to have a brighter day because of Pedro. So I love watching that dude. You know what? In all our Drew Estate travels, anytime. We would either uh, hang out with Pedro, talk with Pedro, just bump into Pedro. I don't care what kind of day you were having, what kind of shit you were dealing with. That dude is infectious in his enthusiasm, not just for Drew Estate, but for life. Um, and I've said it. But once I will say one one run in a Pedro I had, and I can't remember Connecticut. We might talk about that a little bit tonight. Our, our film takes place in Connecticut, and I, I thought about you, Tut. Yeah, pa- See Pedro, ya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You 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 kind of uh, were acting like a visitor from outer space that night. <laughs> that, uh, People were then, definitely looking at me at the Boston airport like I was some <laughs> alien. Well, at least that kid you screamed at because he made you spill your Burger King coffee. Uh, I hear that. I hear though. By the way, we're still paying for that kid's therapy. Uh, I, I hear he's doing better now. And uh, yeah, sorry, Billy. Timmy, it's Timmy. That's nice, Paul. You said it back as therapy quite a bit. I don't know why his parents are letting him listen to the show, to be honest with you. It seems like that's counterproductive to any kind of progress we're making. I mean, well, you face your fears. I mean, that's that's the therapy. That's right. Look into Tut's eyes, Billy, Timmy. You dropped uh, my coffee. But you know what? I thought it would boost his spirits. I told him to head over to Dylan the Pickles Twitter feed. Uh, you know, he's a ba- the kid's a baseball fan, and that backfired big time. Uh uh, he saw a big green fuzzy dick. Uh, we are not licensed therapists. No, we are not. No, we are not. Uh, not licensed anything. I'm not even a licensed podcaster. Uh, I'm working on it though. I'm almost there. Almost there. Uh, okay, boys. Well, sounds like the cigar is firing on all cylinders. We're digging this. Uh, finally, I have a good beer. Sounds like you guys are enjoying yours, which leaves only one more element to introduce, and that is tonight's film. To go with the intergalactic cigar and all of our various space beers, Doctor, I think you're going to explain. I think you have a tie-in. You're going to maybe uh, you can jump in with it at the appropriate time. Uh, yes, sure. I'd be happy to. Tonight's film, Galactic Gigolo, 1987. Co-written by the film's director, Gorman Bouchard. And its leading man, Carmine Copabianco, a galactic gigolo holds the distinction of, holy shit, talk about something that would never fly nowadays. This movie was initially available on VHS as part of the cult video Bimbo's Collector Series. You can never call a a, a collection of movies that these days. 
we'll just call this the bimbo series. Collection? What's that? Do they have a Criterion collection? Uh, no, this is the bimbo collection. Oh, of- I just the bimbo collection have a Criterion collection. No, no, they, no, they don't. No, uh, I don't think I have enough lemons in my system. It it was featured alongside other top-heavy classics such as Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama, and, of course, Assault of the Killer Bimbos, of which I have seen all of those multiple times. But I had never even heard of Galactic Gigolo, and I actually own the VHS Bimbo series. So I don't, I don't know how this escaped me. Uh, but I, I definitely am making up for lost time now. I had, had you guys ever heard of Galactic Gigolo? I had not. No. No, okay. Never. None of us. Well, in no. the alphabet of collections, I had just worked my way through the Criterion collection, and I hadn't made it to the Bimbo collection yet. Oh, you're working backwards. Okay. Right. You were in the Cs. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, you guys want to just jump right in? Why not? Okay. We start things off up in outer space in a whole other galaxy, to be exact, where a game show called You Bet Your Fertilizer is taking place on the, the planet Crowen, which is a planet inhabited entirely by talking vegetables. Not like Stephen Hawking. Like, these are actual vegetables. Easy. Uh, oh. Isn't he a vegetable? He's dead. Todd, have you had enough? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just got started. All right. I respect it. The cigar-chomping mustache carrot named Crabbo, a play on Groucho Marx, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a crunchy situation, huh? <laughs> you bet your life. You bet your fertilizer. Uh, Crabbo is hosting the game show. And he asks a piece of broccoli named Eaj the grand prize question. In uh, 20,963, the year of the eggplant, one vegetable rose to power and started the Croatian government as we know it today. Name that famous vegetable. Eaj struggles to come up with an answer as a restless audience full of broccoli and cauliflower all murmur amongst themselves with suspenseful anticipation. Then at the buzzer comes to him. Genghis Carrot? Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. The show's announcer, Don Parsley, informs Eaj that by permission of the Croatian government, he's going to receive a two-week all-expenses-paid vacation to Prospect, Connecticut, on Earth, the horniest town in the entire galaxy. Tut Yaks, as you said before, Tut, we spent quite a bit of time in Connecticut uh, a couple years in a row there together. I don't remember their people there being that uber horny do you uh no well, we weren't in prospect no, we, we weren't in prospect but i i don't remember any significant increase i don't even remember that. seeing any signs for prospect connecticut where they were literally i mean that's something you would point out like on a billboard prospect connecticut 50 miles to the horniest place on earth yeah hey they didn't want any part of the tncc we'll, we'll squash that horniness We always do. We always do. Not not like in that we satisfy all the ladies. Like they just <laughs> shut down and like we're not horny anymore. It's eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they those guys showed up and nobody's horny anymore. Uh, anyhow, Eaj will get his choice of one of five surefire Earthling disguises 
and a fashionable coordinated wardrobe that will drive all the prospect girls wild. Will he choose a, the hunk and they show the picture, uh, the hunk disguise, which let's be honest. That looked a little bit like me. Am I right? No, no. The punk disguise. That guy had like a mohawk and some cool shades. The rock star, which they show is just a picture of Elvis. Uh, the chinless pervert. I got to admit that I once described Tut that way to my grandma and I feel bad about it. Uh, or, will, or will he choose disguise number five? The lovable sleazoid. Well, Eosh's choice is an easy one. He tells Crabbo... I'll take the human form of the lovable sleazoid, please. Uh, which I believe is how one of the doctor's former receptionists referred to him in a lawsuit many moons ago. I don't know. And just like that. What's that? I don't have any receptionists. Not, not anymore. <laughs> uh, and just like that, we see Eos shooting across the galaxy on his way to Earth to get laid. What an opening sequence. Am I right, boys? It was perfect. A piece of broccoli in a game show hosted by a carrot on a far off planet where the winner gets to come to the earth and get laid. Come on, that is original. Well, if you try to say, how how are you going to line this up? How are you going to say, what is going to be the premise of this movie and how can I cram that into exactly five minutes? No, you are correct. A piece of broccoli flying through outer space to the land at the or for a two week vacation at Connecticut, the home of the horniest women on earth. That is original. There is no there's no denying that. It was original. Uh so then he as we see his little starship form uh, beam around the galaxy, did y'all notice during the opening credits that the musical score was provided by a band called Let Us Pray? Let Us Pray. Oh god. <laughs> And, uh, and and Todd, I'm sorry, I called you a chinless pervert to my grandma. That was that's uncool. that's all right. My wife refers to me as the lovable sleazoid. Okay, and actually, that's what killed my grandma. Uh, uh, I, I, didn't, I never told you. I didn't want you to have that weighing on you. Uh, now I do. The one who said like, it. She was like, are you hanging out with at least, are you hanging out with some nice boys? And I was like, well, there's this one chinless pervert. And boom, flatline. She was, she was toast. Um, after the credits, we join a super horny Eosh as he spontaneously arrives in the Connecticut, Connecticut woods with a big horny grin on his face. He no longer looks like a giant piece of broccoli. Not that he ever did. That game show he <laughs> He just had this big foam broccoli thing and some black face or some green face on. Uh, green face. Green face. Uh, you certainly couldn't do that nowadays. Yeah, you somebody, can't. The broccoli. Somebody, would, would, somebody would step up and be offended on behalf of broccoli. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, he's now dressed in a shiny silver jumpsuit with a matching cape and a detachable hood. I thought it looked pretty sweet. Uh, it's a really cool outfit. Maybe if we were, maybe if we were wearing a similar silver jumpsuit and cape, maybe we would have experienced some of the horniness of the kinetic wound. Well, maybe we're, after you're in front of the local. We're wearing cargo shorts and Drew Estate t-shirts like a bunch of noobs. Uh, we should have been having silver capes, damn it. Uh, but we didn't really also, we didn't really look like the lovable sleazoid. 
No, we all let's face it, we all look like chinless perverts. I tried to get my <laughs> hands on the Dura State uh jumpsuit and cape, but you know, on and they they blocked me. Uh yeah, you know. They they actually made sure you did not get your hands on that cape. Uh, you can get it, that. That's Pedro's. It belongs to Pedro. It needs to stay with Pedro. Uh, well, Eage, upon landing, rips a giant juicy fart and, and heads out in search of some earthling poontang. Only after avoiding a family of hillbilly hunters, who I believe are hunting for fertilizer, she is all they keep saying as they find some she as they shovel up mud, they just proceed to say the word shit all over, over and over again. <laughs> she I, I have to... <laughs> I have to admit, it does make know. me feel good to think, oh, this movie was made in 87. The betrayal of hillbillies in 87, they wouldn't know what was going on. But you know, my first instinct was right. like, why are there a bunch of southern hillbillies in the deep woods of Connecticut? But mainly I just laughed at them saying shit every time. And I don't know why I was laughing. I really don't. It wasn't that saying, funny. But I was just... Shit. He just kept saying shit and I kept laughing. But if you remember, boys, I think we had to, as as Texas boys, when we got to Connecticut, I think we expected it all to be like country homes. Hamptons, like, but it wasn't. There was that one strip that was just like Lufkin, Texas with nothing but strip joints. No, it was it was strip clubs and trailer parks, and we're like, <laughs> this is Connecticut? Like we, we, we were expecting like dudes in turtlenecks well, on every corner, like smoking. I, t- I totally, well, I mean, I you totally know, that's what I said. Like, that. I, I completely felt it it's like that would never be in Connecticut. No, wait. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. I totally forgot about that, but you're right. Yeah. So uh, Now it makes so much sense. Every time I see all the beautiful homes of Connecticut, they have really tall walls around them. <laughs> yeah, keep these guys out. <laughs> not, the, not the hillbillies. These Shit. Shit. They're keeping so out they, hordes of hillbillies. So they just keep yelling shit as they chase Eosh through the forest for some reason. No, I'll tell you exactly why they're chasing him, boys. Because he looks different than them, and that's bullshit. Do better, America. Do better. Shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Shit. Really, yeah. just right into the deep end, right in the beginning. Just yeah. throw it on the ground. Uh, did, you, did you guys feel like I was passionate about that? I thought it was a little too much coming into this kind of a movie. All right. And I'm sorry. I saw the way Demi Lovato attacked that little yogurt shop, and I thought maybe I could make a stand against galactic filmmakers who aren't even alive anymore who made galactic uh, gigolo in 1987. I missed the mark. I need to do better. I need to do better. Let me just relight my cigar real quick. Uh, by the way, construction McGrath, I had to relight because uh, I was just talking so much, but uh, I was really kind of concerned because the cigar was so firm to the touch. There wasn't even a little bit of squeeze uh, to this thing, but man, I, I, I have zero complaints construction wise. It, it's smooth draw, really great burn line, copious smoke, and it's holding a Nashville. It's, it's, it's performing wonderfully. Same with you guys? Mm-hmm. I'm about I'm starting to approach that final third. Uh oh, nice. You're, you're going fast. Yeah, I can't help it. I can't help it. Uh a, a nice note of uh 
coffee grounds kicking in, like the dry coffee grounds when you first open that pack up and you got that beautiful, beautiful it's aroma actually, and that taste. Oh. A little past the halfway mark, uh, I totally get your coffee grounds. It's going with Yak Boy's subtle chocolate in there. That cedar and leather are still there as well. They're kind of like these, so. these four corners of, of these great flavors. <clears throat> And then that spice and the mineral on the retro are just accenting them all beautifully. Uh, this this has already far exceeded my experience with our two uh, black label ones last year, the porcelain. Oh, the super deluxe was the other one we did. Oh, that was um, a good cigar too. I liked it. It was it was good, but uh, man, this this is what I like about black label. Every fourth or fifth uh, release especially a new one. This reminds me a lot of the lizard King. Uh, they will just knock it out of the park. And I, I reviewed uh, for the website, which will drop here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the first 93 rated cigar I've done in a long time. It was a tattoo from their monster mash set, the creature. And it just kind of blew me away. And, and this, I feel kind of, that was last week and now I'm smoking this. It's like two great, phenomenal smoking cigars after kind of, I had a run of kind of, eh, okay, you know, average, nice cigars. But uh, yeah, this cigar is performing like gangbusters. Uh, I'm digging it. I'm really digging it. Yeah. This this has a, this. I'm thinking that this is going to have the successful track record of Eos. Uh. I guess we should get back to Eosh then. Eosh makes his way to the tiny town of Prospect, Connecticut, population 1,827, and he immediately sees two high school chicks walking into their house after school. So Eosh casually walks up on the porch and knocks on the door. Can I help you? Hi, my name is Eosh, and I come from the planet Crowin, located in the star system Stuna. And I've come to your planet to partake in matters of a sexual nature with the female of your species, and I would like to begin with you, and then I believe her, a friend. Who's at the door, Kelly? The friend asks. It's Eosh from the planet Crowin, located in the star system Suna, Kelly says. Well, what does he want? He's visiting our planet to partake in matters of a sexual nature with the female of our species. And, well, he wants to begin with me, and then I believe you. Oh, well, come on in, the friend says. The very cute brunette says, as they open the front door with big smiles on their faces. Sounds more of a Kelly fan. As he enters the house, Eoj gives us, the audience, a wink and sticks his tongue out. The girls get Eoj a drink, peel their tops off, and then bang his brains out. Yaks, have you ever thought about using this technique with the ladies? Saying you're from the star system Suna and just see what happens? Just start knocking on some doors? Well, it really makes me sad because I'm thinking, well, this came out in 87. Are you telling me I could have been doing this since 1987? <laughs> Hi, I'm Yak Boy. I'm from the Star System Suna. Give me some of that muff, Mama. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you can't combine your franchises. You can't combine your franchises. That was the Aja secret. Well, you've yeah. gotta also got to be in the horniest town in America. I mean, that's the only logical explanation for... How I, I works. I have a, a technical. That's logical. Um, you technical. said they took their shirts off. In y'all's version, well, did you see it? No, no, no. They they peel their shirts off, but okay. It, the camera stays above boob line. I thought I was getting robbed. No, no, no. We'll see plenty well, of. We'll, we'll see robbed, plenty of. Okay. 
We'll see plenty of that. Which I was going to freak out because these chicks actually looked like high school seniors. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. No. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. They did not. Kelly did. They did not. The one that you were. No, she did not. (laughs) Hey, Todd, I'm with you, and I'm not even going to get that defensive about it. They were definitely (laughs) in their 20s. We'll see plenty of boobs in this movie, but it did not uh, start here. Um, as Eaj leaves exhausted, they tell him to come again, but he sighs, I couldn't even if I wanted to. <laughs> He's off to a good start. Uh, which is bullshit, by the way, because then we cut to Eaj in a hot tub surrounded by three topless blonde chicks, Lisa, Lori, and Lucy. He can totally come again. He's already on to the next conquest. Hey, man, he's only got two weeks. He's got a lot of things to go through. <sighs> Hey, man, unlike us, he's, he's motivated. He actually yeah. is doing stuff. They all chug champagne, and when Eaj tells them that he's an extraterrestrial, one of them, this drunk chick, says she thinks, you have an extra testicle? <laughs> uh, and Eaj's solution to avoid an uncomfortable moment here is to put on his scuba goggles, hot dog style, and go underwater muff diving. Uh, that's twice I've said muff in the last five minutes. I'm calling it, boys. 2022, year the muff. <laughs> I I, am I supposed to disagree with you? I, I really can't bring myself to it. You think Drew's Day would make a year of the muff cigar for us? <laughs> It'd be pretty sweet. Oh, man. That'd I'd be like nice. to see what kind of... Uh, year of the muff, uh, copyright, Tuesday Night Cigar Club, 2022. I'd like to see what kind of artwork Joey Drew would come up with that box art. <laughs> Next well, up. you know what? You could tell him if you're having difficulties, you need to go talk to the guy for the Martin House Brewing Company. He could help you. <laughs> the year of the muff, peanut butter cookie style. <laughs> well, next up, the town holds a press conference for Eaj, where from underneath a welcome Eaj banner, and now wearing a shiny little silver top hat, the intergalactic visitor answers questions while local photographers snap away at the alien. One female reporter named Hildy Johnson asks the most obvious question first. So basically, you're just a party animal from outer space. Well, I'm more of a party vegetable, a wild and willing broccoli, if you will. Eaj explains as he puffs on his stogie. Oh, man, what a prize. What a prize to win in a game show. Sure is. No denying that. Was it just me, or did Hilda kind of have a Molly Ringwald vibe going? She did. She kind of had a young Aunt Becky uh, from Full House mixed with a, a, a young, uh, pretty in pink Molly Ringwald. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I thought of Molly Ringwald, too. Um, he goes on to explain that he comes from a planet populated only by vegetables, but not everyone is like him. He elaborates. The carrots are a bore as they're so damn conservative like your earthling Republicans. Zucchini can be fun as they tend to get really rowdy at parties. The artichoke hearts are somewhat lower class, so I really don't associate with them much. Most of the okra are professional athletes. Leeks are worse than carrots. Talk about boring. Also, broccoli and carrots govern the planet, but occasionally a potato works its way into the government. And once, years ago, a radical group of radishes tried to overthrow the Croatian government, but their attempt their attempt was squashed. And he laughs at his own vegetable pun. 
Uh, as a huge lover of all things sci-fi, I'm guessing you were on the edge of your seat as Eaj described their culture and the way that his planet worked. You had you love that kind of those details. No, I was not. Okay, I was. I uh, and I like leaks. I think I think I think I, don't, I find leaks far from boring. They they add a really smoky element to my omelets on the weekend. Uh, but I don't know how things. That's another world. Those are other leaks. I don't know how that happens. Uh, this is also a big departure for most alien visitor films, whereas in most cases, the alien wants to stay incognito and blend into society here on Earth. E.O. is just holding press conferences and spilling all the beans about his home planet. Um, oh, speaking, are oh, are we really... Departure from uh, are we really going to go side by side comparing this to the great sci-fi works of Aliens, Blade Runner, Star Wars, E.T., and Inter- or Galactic Gigolo? Or sure, Greek, why not? That matter. Hey, speaking of spilling the beans, I forgot to mention, green <laughs> beans are kind of like the flat earthers of Planet Crowen. Uh, the flat Crowans, if you will, green beans, nobody takes them seriously at all. Uh, when a journalist asks Eaj, why Earth? Eaj explains that Earth has a good reputation in the cosmos for having the best looking women and the smoothest bourbon. Damn straight. That. Damn straight. That. Yeah. Terra firma. Terra firma. Eaj knows. He knows. Oh, and get this. A group of local Italian mafiosos are watching the news conference from their tiny attic apartment in the next state over. Hey, boss, there's a guy on the TV from outer space. Cut the frabba-jabba. Tony, I'm busy. The boss named Sonny snaps as he paces back and forth doing nothing. What you doing, boss? Asks Carmine, another goon. I'm thinking, stupid. Can't you see I'm pacing? Are you thinking about a job, boss? Cut your frabba-jabba. Dude, when Sonny is pacing, he's thinking, and you leave him alone. Eosh no forever, could turn me into a vegetarian any day, purrs the blonde mob chick who's drooling all over the TV screen. We haven't seen the last of this crew, have we, X? We have not. Especially once they learn about Eosh's shape-shifting powers, as that seems like something a crew of well-recognized criminals would surely want to get their muffs on, right? Mitts on. Mitts on, it's, not muffs on. I got muff on the brain. We but they're mitts on. We haven't seen the last of them, and that is unfortunate. <laughs> Team Doctor. Uh, Todd, I knew, I, knew, I knew you were feeling the same way I was. <laughs> also watching the televised news conference is that family of hillbilly hunters that chased Eaj in the woods earlier. When Shit. He first Shit. The four brothers are joined by their very orthodox Jewish father and their sexy sister wife, Peggy. Try to keep up with me. Try to keep up with me here. Who brings them a fresh round of beers as she knocks all their empty beer cans off the coffee table to make room for the menorah. Billy Joe Bob Goldberg, have you got your yarmulke on? And what about you, Big Peter Dick Goldberg? Peggy scolds them. My God, this movie has everything. When the youngest brother, Tom and Jerry Joe Goldberg, recognizes Eaj on the TV, he jumps off the couch. Hey, that's that faggot we was chasing. <sighs> the commie, I tells you. And those commies are a sneaky bunch of sons of bitches. 
They lie and cheat so good, they'll make you think they're one of our senators or something, screams big Peter Dick Goldberg. But what, the, <laughs> what the fuck does he know about anything? He plum forgets his own name later on in the scene. Even I've never done that, I don't think. Uh, anyway, they're all worked up over Eosh being on Earth. Did y'all like the life-size painting in their living room behind the couch of two mustached guys pointing guns with the cartoon dialogue balloon coming out of their mouth that says suck lead fucker. I liked the suck lead. I, I actually just ordered that picture off of Amazon when I saw it. So I mean, I've actually commissioned a local artist to come paint it here in the corner of no hope. Next show. You're going to see those two dudes behind me with these suck lead fucker. Coming out of here. It was the only redeemable thing about them. And, um, no, mind, I'd like to go ahead. It will just be brief. It's a couple of lines, but I think it will illustrate my point. Uh, I'm going to borrow from IMDb here. Uh, this will encapsulate my feelings. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Billy Madison, the game show. Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And those that- are my thoughts on this entire hillbilly clan. I, I felt like that was directed towards me. Oddly enough, that's the exact same thing my 314 professor said to me about my program last semester. Well, those are my thoughts on the Jew hillbillies. And while we're at it, I'll throw in the uh, pseudo Italian gangsters as well. Those are those are pretty much my thoughts on them. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, except ex- except the sister was hot. I mean, you got to give her that. I like Peggy. The sister wife. I think she was she she played several roles in the hillbilly family. Uh, back at the news conference. When asked to explain how it is that he appears to be human, Eaj explains that his civilization is so advanced that they can take on any form that they desire. And to prove it, he turns himself into a kitty cat, just like that. That was a pretty cool special effect, right? Sure. No, they just turned the camera away and then went to a cat. And they put a little silver cape on the kitty cat, which is... uh, The mob chick watching Eaj on TV across or from the next state over purrs I wonder if he could turn into Robert De Niro. (laughs) Eaj wraps up the conference by declaring his intent to screw every woman in prospect over the next two weeks and then return home. A skeptical female reporter named Reba tells Eaj he has a lot of nerve. What makes him think that every woman in prospect will want to jump into bed with him? Is he prepared to rape them? Whoa, 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 Eaj says. I'd never rape anybody. He assures her as he begins gyrating his hips a little bit, and that gesture alone puts poor Reba under a Bill Cosby-esque space spell. She's now in a deep trance and starts performing a strip tease down to her black lingerie as she starts shaking her sweet ass all over the press pool, which, by the way, is just a bunch of horny dudes with a white thing that says press on there. That, that's the, the press pass. It just says press. Bastard. Yeah. I was about to make a Cosby joke myself. You beat me to it. I don't think I have anything further to add tonight. Well, hey, would that be a would that be a Bill Cosby space spell or just a Leonard Part Six spell? wasn't Wasn't he a space guy in that? I think he was. Outer space, you see, and I'm here to screw everybody and then run across the state border. 
Uh, no pops. Thank God he never got to make Leonard Part 69. <laughs> My God, that would have been bad news. Actually, I hear since he's been released, he's making a comeback, and uh, Leonard Part 69 is a go. Directed by Mel Gibson. Executive, directed by Mel Gibson, executive producer, Yak Boy. Come on, Yaks. Jeez. Look, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> the display of otherworldly superpowers on display on the screen, him turning himself into a cat, royally pisses off the Jewish hillbilly family who all grab their shotguns. I'll shoot that goddamn commie bastard shithead fucking alien right in his wrinkled outer space goddamn commie bastard fucking shithead nuts. Let's go get him, screams Tom and Jerry Joe Goldberg. Again, that's one person. And crime boss Sonny also orders his crew to get Eaj for their own nefarious purposes. It turns out that he gets good ideas so infrequently that at first when he has this idea, his girlfriend just thinks he has bad gas for meeting his mother's raviolis. Don't use the talk about my mama's raviolis. Cut the frappa jabber. <laughs> oh, God. Lots of elements at play here, boys. Try to, <laughs> try to keep track. Lots going on here, Liam. There's really not a lot. I mean, uh, As he exits City Hall in search of some Connecticut booty, Reporter Hildy pulls Eaj aside and makes him an offer to write a book about him to make him a legend here on Earth long after he's a million light years away. She says they might even make it into a TV movie. Eaj, a portrait, a portrait of a stripper alcoholic broccoli from outer space. He likes the sound of that. And what's in it for her? Why she says fame and fortune, of course, two of Eaj's three favorite F-words. Man, this quick-tongued banter between Hildy and Eaj Brings comparisons to mind such as classic duos like Humphrey Bogart and Laura Bacall, or dare I say, Sama Hayek and Matthew Perry, a la Fools Rush In. Don't you disrespect Fools Rush In. Don't you disrespect Fools Rush In. No. Little bogey and Bacall here? Dude, you, no. Are, no. you are trying to make this movie anything that it is not. No, no, it wasn't. Um, they made good movies to have and have not in the big sleep, but hey, I'm not going to be nerdy about it. Uh, I did like the, those two of my three favorite F words. That was a good line. Uh, otherwise, no. Okay. Okay. Well, after checking with his leader back home, Eaj accepts Hildy's deal. So she and her photographer, Waldo, are going to be shadowing Eaj for the next two weeks, documenting all of his amorous adventures. And before we get to those amorous adventures... Tut, you're about finished with your cigar, I think. Yes, yes, I am. I am. I'm in the uh, just beginning the the final third. Yak, where were you at? I am right about there, same as you. On Tut, the third is Tut is just blazing. Uh, I I'll tell you where I'm at with this. The the spice has dialed down even a little bit more going to the final third. Uh, I would still say it's still medium, but on the on the other side of of medium. But the the mineral and some pencil shavings have really made that retro hail special to to keep up. I'm glad the spice didn't totally fade away. It's it's playing really nice with the the mineral especially, and then that little addition of some pencil shavings. The the tea and the little bit of milk chocolate are balancing out the cedar and the leather really well. Uh, just it's a really complex cigar, and all the flavors are working really really well together. Yes, doctor. Pencil shavings is a good thing. 
Yes, yes, it is. Uh, yeah, there was. There's a picture when you were a kid and you're you're grinding. I got, I got a pen, the old schools uh, pencil sharpener like right behind me here on my Zoom square. Picture that that smell that the freshly ground uh, pencils when you're doing them as a kid. That that smell, that kind of graphite smell mixed with the, the Nicaragua mineral. Yeah, it's it's a it's a a olfactory sense, I guess. Yeah, the- yeah, I think you're spot on with that. And, and it's funny you're not uh, you're you're not out of bounds being confused there because there's a lot of people that are like pencil shavings. I don't know what it is. I think it's that olfactory response. It's just this nostalgic type of type of response. It's almost like a just a call response. But, I get it. Well, I get it occasionally with cigars, and I got it with this one. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. I, I found it. Uh, it crept in there as well for me. I'm like, I like right down getting to the nub on this thing. The mineral across the palate. It, it's the mineral stepped off from the retro hell, introduced into the palate, and is really kind of coating. So you're getting well, with all, with all those other flavors on the palate. You're getting the mineral there too. Jeez. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm. I'm missing out on the milk chocolate. The the minerals. The the number one profile that I'm getting with a the hint of uh, uh, pencil shavings there. Uh, there's a little underlying tea still left, uh, and then on that retro ale, you're still getting that nice spice. You're right. It, it stepped back quite a bit. I love the way this cigar just like boom, pow, right off. When he said it's a bold entrance, he wasn't lying. And then it sat down into some really in a, that the way it sat down has allowed a lot of flavors to really kind of kind of go forward there. And man, I, I just really really like it. So so many of what Black Label uh, does well is the the earthiness and the spice and uh, leather. Um, but I find with with some of these Black Works studio releases. They they really find a way to to bring in some other stuff uh, outside of uh, kind of the traditional black label uh, profile and man those coffee grounds uh, come and go the the chocolate comes and goes but that 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 bright leather and the cedar remains that retro hail just continues to be interesting um, this is the this is the best uh, offering I've had from them in quite some time I agree I agree. Heck boy, is all that sound kind of like what you're experiencing? Possibly, Yak boy. I can't tell if he's frozen or not. Yak boy. Hello. hello. Oh, okay. Yes. Does all that sound uh, like what you you've got going on in the in the? Yes, very much so. I mean that the the shavings that that the cedar. Uh, I'm still, I, I'm really getting a, it, it's started to solidify towards that, the last third, a, a much stronger uh, chocolate flavor. It's still very really subtle good. for me. Tut disappeared for Tut, still very subtle uh, with the coffee grounds for me, but you're, you, you've you been getting that chocolate kind of steady from the get-go. Yes, it's, it's really good. I mean, I'm, Everything, everything else you described with the, the leather that, and like I said, just the, that mineral component has really picked up for me, but also that 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 chocolate note, which I'm really liking with the mineral. And that's weird because Tut, Tut and I have just got it very fleetingly, and that can't be a result of your beer. Uh, your beer has no 
No, my beer is incredibly light. So yeah, so that's uh, okay. Well, I, I will say it's gone incredibly well with the uh, the Space Dust IPA. Tut sounds like it went good with your gluten absolutely oatmeal uh, stout and uh, Yak Boys beer. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it before we move on. Uh, I think we all give this cigar before I do price point three thumbs up. Absolutely. I was gonna uh, showcase two beers tonight. Um, I saw this in the store. I'm a big fan of Stone IPAs, and they came out with a. Apparently, it's a very old uh, recipe of theirs that fans have been demanding they bring back the sublime, sublimely self-righteous black IPA. And Yak Boy, don't even bother telling me what research you did on this because. I drank one prior to the show because I was thinking, hey, the blackness of space. Uh, I could tie it in that way, perhaps. It is not an IPA by any definition of the word. It's like they had a very dark porter or a a very uh, light stout that just wasn't working. And they're like, how can we sell this thing? Well, Uh, we'll typically... With the black IPAs, they tend to use roasted malts the same way that they do in a stout or porter. That is why they, in, but they then fall, after they use the roasted malts, they use it in conjunction with an IPA recipe. So that's it, why you end up with a black IPA. It pours like a stout. It tastes like a porter. It has no hop presence whatsoever. It, it, it tasted, there's no IPA characteristics whatsoever and i feel misled by the advertising i feel offended by stone brewery do better stone brewery do better well uh, throw away the ipa how is it as a stout yeah yeah i tried i was really disappointed they, they've never done me wrong and well you win some, you lose some, and I, I lost it down. But luckily, I, I've got the space dust. I knew what I was getting, so we're all good. We're all good. Let's talk price point with the Intergalactic Cigar. Uh, first time it's ever hit the market. It came out in two sizes. The Corona Larga, which we smoked tonight, thank God. Otherwise, Tut would have been done with the cigar in 20 seconds. Uh, and then I believe a, a Robusto also. Uh, but the Corona Larga, what do you guys think uh, I paid for these cigars? Which I did pay for these cigars. These were not given to us, so cut uh, you first. I have no earthly idea what this costs, so I'm going to throw out my just opening round of thirteen ninety nine. I mean, I could I could see myself paying for that easy. Okay, I like that. What about you, Jax? Uh, it's a tough one. I'm, I'm gonna go blah, 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 blah. twelve. Twelve. Thirteen nine nine twelve. Shit. Doctor, you want to venture a guess? Shit. Uh, shit. Yes, I always guess high though. Yaks kind of stole mine. I I was gonna say twelve, so I'll go eleven ninety nine. You some ticket a penny. Is- Price is right style. All right. Well, dude, I, I'm going to just go on a limb here. I'm going to say 1050. Damn, Damn fine price. The price is, oh shit, 1050. Dude, Black Label tends to keep their shit affordable. Yeah. Even, even these uh, new releases. By the way, uh, you're, that's a damn good price for the cigar. Yeah, Some very good there, price. Matthew, Jimmy Joe Goldberg. 
I, uh, that's Big Peter Dick Goldberg. Thank you very much. Uh, 1050 for this, and it's a limited number of boxes. I don't remember how many. I want to say it was only like 300 something boxes of both sides or oh, something. Damn it. Something crazy like that. But, uh, Tut, I believe they do still have some at uh, your shop, local shop, Smokers Abbey. And uh, if you can find some of these, I would stock up because with a lot of these, uh, you're lucky with Blackworks maybe once a year. Yeah. Uh, if they decide to redo them, they, they, there's some of these things they don't do annually. Uh, I would encourage everyone after this to go out and grab as many of these. I'm, I'm curious. I did grab a Robusto. I'm going to do a review of that for the website, see how it compares uh, smoking profile to the, to the Corona Largo that we did tonight. Uh, dude, go out and grab some of these 10 bucks. And this thing is packed with fucking flavors. Excellent construction. Uh, by far my, my favorite uh, black label, black work cigar I've had in, in quite some time, probably since the, I agree. probably since the, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. All right. Uh, it's always nice when that works out, isn't it? Uh, well, the clock is a ticking, as they say, so Eaj gets down to business. His first stop is to bang Peggy, the sister wife of the hillbilly Jews. We all thought she was pretty cute. While Hildy and Waldo wait outside the bedroom. At first, uptight, nerdy Waldo isn't at all interested in photo- photographing such filth, but he warms up to it pretty quickly when a half-clothed Peggy emerges from the bedroom. Hildy asks her how it went, and Peggy says it was heavenly. He was almost too—he was almost too much for one woman to take, Matic Cade style. Uh, and she goes on to say, "Doctor." No, oh, sorry, I, thought... I was cricking my neck. Okay. She goes on to say that she'd uh, play hide the salami again with this alien anytime. Doctor, from an anatomical standpoint, where would you speculate that Eaj hid his intergalactic salami? Uh, well, assuming that, uh, and that's a great question, by the way, assuming that he has now <laughs> uh, taken on human form, uh, I would imagine that he hid his salami and uh, the, you know, her genitalia. The hoo-ha! The hoo-ha. Her hoo-ha. Tut. Let's use scientific terms here. It's called the yeah. pussy patch. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh, the vagina? Perhaps he hit his intergalactic salami in her vagina. And she would do that again. She would do that again with him any time of the day. Uh, that's high praise. Because uh, you get the feeling Peggy does this a lot. Um, over at the mob's attic apartment, complete with a giant Italian flag hanging on the wall, of course, the boss, Sonny, is still pacing back and forth doing his thinking. But he just can't figure out how to capture the spaceman. That is until his girlfriend generously offers to use her body as bait to lure Eaj in. Not at all because she's attracted to the lovable sleazoid or anything. Meanwhile, Eaj is already on to the next babe to bone. And this time, Hildy and Waldo are seated right next to Eaj and the chick as they're doing it. Dorky Waldo is still hesitant to take any pornographic pics. You won't respect me if I do this, he says to Hildy. I don't respect you now, she says, as he starts clicking away. That's a great line. Uh, When they're done making love, Hildy begins her interview. She asks the the exhausted lady named Joanne if she enjoyed it, and Joanne responds, it was like the most Woody Allen-esque experience I ever had. He fucked my brains out. 
Well, there's a task and a half, says the judgy Hildy, as she looks down at her reporter's notepad. I don't know if I'd take that as a compliment if I just banged a chick and she said it was the most Woody Allen-esque experience she ever had. Well, I tell you, it was it was one thing. Oh, man, I lost it. Damn it. Dude, Tut, I set you up. You used to do a great Woody Allen impression. I know, I lost it. I, th- I wanted it too bad. <laughs> that, uh, I guess, in 87 didn't have the really creepy connotation that it would a decade this, or so later. That's true, but it still had a, a makes-no-sense connotation. It wasn't, it wasn't like a sexy thing. Yeah, it wasn't like she said David Hasselhoff-esque. <laughs> Uh, Todd, I, I might give you a chance later on. We're, build up your Woody. Ta- your, let's not, ta- it's, let's it's, not speak ill of the hoth. It's gone. It's gone. Honestly, There's too much Kate, performance anxiety now. If she had said, if as you often allude to, if she had actually said that was the most mad AK experience I've ever had, I would have gone with that over a Woody Allen esque experience. I don't know where you're going with the Woody Allen esque experience. Uh, yeah, 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 nobody does. Not even my mother. Damn it! I can't do it. It's gone. <laughs> well, thank you, Doctor. I, I I do think that I I I I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, there's a whole bit where the hillbilly Jewish brothers all fight over who's the dumbest, and therefore gets to call themselves Colonel Sanders. Oh God! And you use the family's ham radio, but to be honest, I couldn't really follow where that whole thing was going. So let's just pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, no, we can't do that to the entire movie. Oh, no, we lost Yax. We lost Yax. He'll come back. He'll come back. I, maybe maybe he's making a silent protest against maybe the, he's, the, yeah. the He just made a Woody, Woody Allen-esque exit. I'm going to uh, need some more lemons. <laughs> Next up, we find Eaj in a jacuzzi with two more topless ladies post-coitus. Yax isn't here. Tut, did I use that term correctly? Post-coitus? Yes, you did. Okay. After fucking is what that means in Latin. After the heebie-jeebie. Wait, no, that's not. That's no, bad. That's, yeah. that's, that's scary stuff. Yeah. That might be used to describe post-coitus with Woody Allen. I got the heebie-jeebie. <laughs> no, no, no. I imagine sex with Woody Allen. You just sit back, have a nice cigar. Just reflect on things. Where, yeah. where is the show gone? <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I do imagine you'd be reflecting on some things. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck, how the fuck did I get here? Potential lawsuits. Uh, next up, we find. Oh, I'm sorry. I already did that. Hildy asks one of the brunettes if she had multiple orgasms, but she's not sure because she had hiccups the whole time. Doctor, is that a thing? If you got if you got hiccups during lovemaking, you can't orgasm. I mean, I've been told that before, but now it all seems like it's a lie. <laughs> she didn't. She just had hiccups. <laughs> but get this: the other brunette says she had forty-six orgasms, which I actually I've heard that number a lot. Getting feedback from ladies, uh, forty-six seems to be about an average. I was going to uh, say that is a little bit scientifically like a stretch. Remember how frigid Waldo was about taking nude pics early on. Well, now he's waist deep, fully clothed in the jacuzzi with them, telling the girls how to pose sexy. He even asked if they'll perform some heavy-duty dyke action. His words, not mine. 
maybe some girl and girl massage and then some wrestling before jumping into some classic muff diving. <laughs> He's all in. Touch Man, this, this four-eyed butterfly has suddenly burst free from his chrysalis. Yes, doctor. So I thought it was fairly obvious that Waldo was supposed to be like Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds. He had the nose, the glasses, and even did the honking laugh. I think, I mean, they were trying to do that. Uh, did anybody else think like, oh, it's it's only a few years after Revenge of the Nerds that they're trying to make this guy seem like a Lewis Skolnick kind of guy? Yeah, I didn't I didn't go with Skolnick, but I just it it was such a popular trope to have your nerd with the thick rim, taped up glasses, the pocket protector, high waist jeans. I mean, it was just it was what the eighties did. They were all about holding the nerds down. And I think he didn't he a couple times do the Lewis Skolnick laugh, the the honking laugh. Yeah, he did kind of the honking uh, Skolnick laugh. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't I didn't make that connection, Doctor, but I think you're right. That movie was so popular. Why not drop a a clone, one of those clone nerds, into this movie? I think you're right. It also didn't occur to me that uh, just because I couldn't stand the character, or anything they were doing, but it, it. I also never thought like Sonny. That was the name of James Kahn's character in Godfather was Sonny. Yeah. He kind of walks around a couple times in some of the scenes with the, the sleeveless undershirt the, on. Yeah, the wife beater so, on. Now, now that as Cade is recapturing it, that his name was actually Sonny, yeah. uh, I was wondering if they tried to make a little... Again, yeah. again, a lot of connections to be made here, a lot of things at play. Um, no, it's not. I don't think I appreciated any of it at all because I didn't. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there for our viewers. Well, finally, Hildy's heard enough, and she orders Waldo to knock it off. He's being way too invasive here. Uh, stupid, Hildy. stupid Hildy. She should have let Waldo. Dude, he's finally shown some gumption. Speaking of reporters like Hildy, we now cut to a television news special where a journalist is interviewing Dr. Ruth Pepper, a very busty psychologist, in front of a studio audience full of crossdressers. Why not? It's just a bunch of young dudes dressed like old ladies. I don't I don't know why. This is where I started to get a little of Kentucky Fried esque going in there. I mean, there was just this zany kind of. This yeah. is where like the Woody Allen bananas started to come anything in. Go, anything you know? goes. Why? Yeah. Why have an audience full of normal people when you can have an or an audience full of crossdressers dressed like old ladies? Why not? Yeah. Uh, Doctor Pepper. <laughs> speculates, that speculates that perhaps a hormonal imbalance is what motivates Eosh to travel across the galaxy to have sex with local Connecticut women. Or it could be just as simple, she says, as he's really horny. Doctor, as a fellow medical professional like Dr. Pepper, do you see any merit there in her assessment? Do you think it's a hormonal imbalance or do you think he's just really horny? Well, let me just point out that I am nothing like Dr. Pepper, and I wish she was an actual colleague of mine. Uh, <laughs> I think she's the best part of the film. Um, I, hmm. I mean, well, maybe maybe this maybe this will help, Doctor. Maybe this will help. Dr. Pepper goes on to say that Eaj's condition is further aggravated by the non-existence of any types or sort of concave orifices. Soft, moist, and waiting that may accept his vegetose phallus. In other words, she clarifies, there's no pussy on his planet. 
So that's why they're coming to Earth. There's no there's no females on his home planet. My God, Doctor, how horny is Eaj got to be? My God, Kate, I was just about to bring that up. Can you imagine how horny he must be? The yeah. level of horny, every fiber of his, every nerve ending in his body is on fire with horniness. I do don't you think, think it's possible to even determine Doctor, what do you, is experiencing. My God. Doctor, do you think his vegetose phallus will ever be satisfied? I'm afraid it's far too early to tell. I think you're right. God, I think you're right. Well done, Doctor. This is why this is why you this is why you earn your square, my friend. Meanwhile, the Italian mob guys are on the side of the highway, lost. It's pouring down rain, and Sonny, the boss, is standing outside their rundown station wagon for some reason, wearing just his white tank top in the rain and a shoulder holster. What do you mean you're lost, Sonny shouts at Carmine. You know, lost, like I don't know where I am, Carmine responds, as he scans over a sopping wet road map. <laughs> hey, doctor, doctor, just like the Sopranos. Just like yeah, the just like them, you know, a beat up yellow gremlin. I mean, it's just like them. no class. I didn't find it funny at all in the movie, but for some reason, when you read that line, I'm lost. You know, I just, I, you know, like I'm lost. I don't know where I am. I just, I got this mean picture of Bobby Bacala. <laughs> what do you mean you're lost? Like I don't know where I am. I don't know where I am. You know, he's not a real alien, like from history. Well, it turns out these geniuses yeah. drove to New York State instead of Connecticut. And that was a mistake because, get this, you're going to learn something. Connecticut is its own state and not located within New York State. But they figure it all out eventually. Cut the frabber tut. Cut the frabber Well, the gangsters are Okay, trying- boss, I'm cutting the frabber <laughs> You cut the frabber don't talk about my mama's raviolis. Oh, God, they're horrible. They're fucking horrible. They're not even good jokes of gangsters. <laughs> not. God, they're awful. Doctor, did you see that Italian flag in their apartment? Oh, you're right. You know what? That said it all. Once I saw them, hey, these guys are mafioso. They got an Italian flag. Now, that's offensive. That, that is assault. God. <laughs> Well, the gangsters are trying to find the, their way to the right state. <laughs> Eaj, Hildy, and, and Waldo are tucked into a corner booth at Prospect's swankiest dance club. And man, are there some sweet-ass dance moves going on here on the dance floor. Holy shit. Eaj reveals that his Croatian brothers have visited Earth somewhat frequently over the years. And when the chick, is try, when the chick he's trying to pork asks when the last one was here, he says, you know what? It wasn't too long ago. You may have heard of him. He called himself Elvis Presley. Get that? Elvis Presley was an alien from Kuwait or Crowen. Although I was, th- I thought they should have called him Elvis Parsley. That actually uh, somewhat amusing. In fact, Elvis was the reason that Crowen leaders put a 10-year ban on visiting Earth because he was having such a good time, no shit, that he refused to return home. Oh, and... Eaj says, Elvis was in reality a carrot, by the way. He says it all like demeaning, like you know he was a carrot. Which makes no which makes no sense because I'm thinking if Elvis was from Carl Wendy King, like he was a sweet potato. Or maybe a piece of asparagus. 
Do you think There's that no would way. explain the fried peanut butter and banana sandwiches that we've heard so much about? Oh, if he was a banana, well, banana's not a fruit. Has anybody ever eaten a fried peanut butter and banana sandwich? No. No? I, yaks, like yaks, yaks, yak boy has disappeared from a, uh, we got some bad weather here. He's going to be in and out. I bet yak boy has had a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, or a fried, some sort of protest. And, and if he is, I don't blame him. But I mean, it, it seems like they always blame the fried peanut butter and banana sandwich. I guess anything fried, but it's peanut butter, bananas. It didn't seem like that bad. No, I think it was just that he ate so goddamn many of them. Yeah, I guess we had 10 a day. Yeah. <laughs> but now we know he was from another planet where they didn't have those. Makes sense. It all, it's all, it all coming, makes sense all now. Coming around again. We finally get to learn why Elvis was here, why he did the things he did. Yeah. <sighs> to a lesser extent, it explains the motion picture Kid Galahad. Uh, I digress. All right, doctors digressed. Their conversations cut short when a short-haired Australian woman... Not a bad thing. A short-haired Australian woman with a British accent... <laughs> saunters over to Iaja's table and the next thing we know they're in some bed doing it while Hildy takes more notes and Waldo snaps more photos. She flew all the way across the globe just to knock boots with Iaja. The word's getting out. And I'm not quite Doctor sure what... Style. <laughs> Doctor style. I'll give, you, I'll give you Doctor style. And I'm not quite sure what different observations Hildy could be making at this point in her notebook because Iaja pretty much does the same unexciting him on top missionary position sex with all these chicks, but she's diligently taking notes. Uh, but you know what? Perhaps that's not my place to say. I support a free and untethered press. I don't want to put my restrictions on a reporter. Uh, so, you know, whatever Hildy's doing, I support. I, I enjoyed the actress that played Hildy. Uh, I, I did not make the Bobby Ringwall connection. I, I understand it now that you've mentioned it. Uh, I thought she looked like something out of a uh, out of a Debbie Gibson video with her with her fedora and her long baggy blazer. It clearly looked yeah. like, yeah. like uh, something from a, one of those videos. But she was cute, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I just uh, in a movie where one's ability as a thespian should probably not be judged on any type of spectrum. I thought she actually did a good job. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, in all seriousness, doctor, I'm going to take this time to say this. This is a very low budget film, which makes up for a lot of the sci-fi elements and the storyline with dialogue. You don't see it. They explain everything and it's just supposed to be fun. And you can't do that effectively without some decent performances like it or don't like the movie. But I thought from Hildy to Eaj to some of the supporting characters, everyone really did what they were supposed to do very well. I'm not I, saying I'm not saying it was award loving award level acting, but we've seen a lot of these movies. I go back to like Get Lucky with Lemke, the Leprechaun, where we love that movie because it was. This movie reminds me a lot of Get Lucky, but where that movie, the main dude was such a bad actor, not a line came out of that dude's mouth that wasn't painful to listen to. But the movie itself was just so dedicated to having fun and telling its story that we gave it some grace. I thought this movie actually had everyone made it work 
fairly well with their delivery of lines and their preparedness. I I thought Hildy did. I thought that uh, was it Carmine Capo Bianco. I thought as Eaj, I thought his his delivery and his acting ability uh, was definitely spot on. Um, I I just unfortunately for me, the entire crew of Jewish hillbillies and the entire Italian crew. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It's low budget. It's dedicated to fun. I'm not nitpicking. I just thought both of those crews of people just annoyed the fuck out of me. They weren't amusing. I couldn't stand them. And unfortunately they make up about two thirds of the movie. Yeah. They, they didn't annoy me as much as you. I, I, I've watched enough trauma movies where the, those, those kind of ancillary stereotypical characters, I, especially the Italian guys I got a kick out of. Um, but but yes, we, we've, we've seen much worse on screen from an acting standpoint. I think we can agree on that. Um, and is it just me or is Waldo getting in way too deep at this point? He's telling Eaj where to put his fingers in the Aussie chick. He's panting like a big-ass dog who's been left outside in the Texas heat all day. In fact, with the next chick up at bat, Veronica, Waldo instructs her, okay, you're going to sit on the couch next to Eaj. I want you to wet your lips and then under your blouse, all of a sudden Waldo's like Bob Guccione here. He's like totally like directing a porno. Character uh, growth. Hey, we're seeing what that's right. That's right, Doctor. We are seeing character growth with Waldo. In fact, he's becoming so bossy and invasive, cut style, that both Eaj and Hildy tell him to go wait in the car. Cade style. <laughs> uh, no, I said cut style there. Uh, no, telling me to go wait in the car. Oh, okay. I can see that happen. I can actually see Kay going, Tut, why don't you just go wait? Why don't you go wait in the car? Look, I'm, I'm going to let that outside. you guys get back to action. Don't listen to anything that chinless pervert says. Let's just, uh, let's just keep going here. I don't see, I'm seeing Cade as a, as a big urn from Kingpin. He's like, why don't you, why don't you go eat that outside? Yeah, why don't you go take your cliff bar outside, Tut? We'll uh, we'll call you when things are settled down a little bit, but that does not go over well with Waldo. He for, he's like, you know, you've been using me. I've taken five thousand pornographic pictures for you guys. Now I'm too much. He storms out. Hildy looks a little tired from watching all the screwing, so Eaj tells her, you know, you should call tonight. Once she's gone, he jumps back on the couch with Veronica and tells her, hey, you know what? Go ahead and take your top off. And then he looks at the camera. I'm doing pretty good for a piece of broccoli, huh? Yes, yes, he is. You know who else is doing pretty damn good these days, Tut? <sighs> Let me guess. Our good friends at Drew Estate. Man, they were in Vegas showcasing a lot of their new 2022 releases last week. The Acid 20 Connecticut, which I'm very excited to sample soon. And the future is indeed bright for Drew Estate fans worldwide. And speaking of those lovable guys and gals, the almighty Drew Estate is about to make someone a whole lot richer. During one of its freestyle live shows on the company's Facebook Live page last year, facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigar, Drew Estate announced that it would be holding a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during upcoming freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin for a lucky fan during next week, the February 17th, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. Entry into this unheralded Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes was simple. During each of the company's three freestyle live events, two last year and one in January of this year, 
The company randomly selected the names of five people who attended the online show and commented during specific times in each broadcast as potential winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. The five winners from each of these three shows created the contestant pool of 15 people eligible to win the grand prize Bitcoin. How crazy is that? Never been done before in the history of cigars. So, of course, it's Drew Estate. That's really crazy, if you think about it. And not just a little bit crazy. No. So tune in on February 17th to learn who the winner is. <clears throat> Even though we're all smoking Drew Estate cigars and we're all winners, somebody's about to be a really big winner. Isn't that right yet, boy? And it is. And while we're talking about that super cool is. stuff, it is super cool. And I'd like to talk, take a hot minute here to once again let you know about something very cool, Cigar World. No, it's not a amusement park where you get to ride on cigars and uh, do all sorts of fun <laughs> cigar related things. It is an online site for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. You can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. You might even see our very own doctor there with his beakers and his Bunsen burners. Hey, check Got it out. It. Check it out. Okay. Kate is right. You might see me there. I am trying to turn this into a Bitcoin. <laughs> My God. Any luck so far? <laughs> Those of us watching on YouTube, you just saw science. You just saw the scientific method in action. Hey, look, Rome wasn't built in a day, all right? Neither was Tony Romo. Or Prospect Connecticut for that matter. Or Prospect Connecticut. I will say this, doctor. I am far from a scientist. I don't have your background, your education. You might want to involve an Erlenmeyer flask. Just throwing that out there. What does your cousin have to do with this? No, oh, not, an, not, an, not an Erlenspiel flask. Oh, okay. Erlenmeyer flask. For God's sake, don't involve an Erlenspiel flask. Okay. All right. Last, time, some, last time somebody did that, an Arby's exploded. <laughs> an Wait, I thought they were using an Urban Meyer flask. No, that's what you're going to be drinking out of next year when he's on the UT campus. <laughs> For God's sake, nobody in the testing lab at Cigar World use an Urban Meyer flask. Although you might get like a 20-something skank grinding up on your crotch, which that's okay. <laughs> 18 months from now, we're totally going to see Tut with his arm around old Urban there in the, the, the boutique brewery picking up their Sixers. No, they're going to be hanging out at Fritz's bar. The Bon Air. The Bon Air. <laughs> It's all 30 minutes before kickoff, and Urban Meyer's in there. Uh, Don't you have a game to coach? Uh, it's, it's all recruiting. It's all recruiting. Well, Urban Meyer with strength and conditioning coach Jason Tuttle. <laughs> I've actually seen Tut do squat thrusts. That's a bad hire. That's a bad Oh, hire. my goodness. Oh, oh, story time. So I'm, like, trying to do a lot better this year. And I'm like, you know what? I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm carving out my schedule and I'm going to spend at least an hour in the gym. So I put in my tennis shoes in my little backpack. I put some, some gym shorts and some gym shirt. And I go over to Gregory Gym. Oh, a, a, a campus gym full of college a, kids. A campus gym full of college kids. 
Oh my God, there is no better practice for humility and humbleness than being near 50 in a gym full of 20-year-olds because if there, there was one of those exercises that on the easy level of one of these things does not look like the other, that was that picture. Because I scared kids. I, I'm pretty sure there was medical students on standby. They were looking at me. All you could hear is old man noises on the on the on this. It was not pretty, but damn it, I got a nice workout. I killed my fucking back, and I feel really good about that. Did they get scared? Of Thirty me? years is only here in your mind. Only here. Ah, I'm just picturing Tud pulling out his all white New Balance grilling shoes out of his duffel bag. By the way, I'm 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 not allowed back in. Gregory Jim. Real, real short, like Adidas jogging shorts. Those Christian shorts leave nothing to the imagination. I, uh, 1984 Tom Selleck Corduroy OPs. Y'all are all wrong. I had my half mesh shirt on, motherfuckers. Did, did you I, call it Yaks? From a Magnum PI fan like this guy, you know Tut was sporting those 1984 Tom Selleck short shorts in there. Those kids are like, oh, God. Oh, I think because, I saw no, his he was, in that, he was in that locker room just sliding them up slowly. <laughs> Working them on. <laughs> oh, I'm going to come out there, guys. Just you, you wait. You can only prepare college freshmen for so many uh, things they're going to face that first year. And... Uh, you're saying Tut walking over there in his Magnum PI white short shorts, going, hey, you guys done with that hack squat machine? <laughs> <laughs> this is why UT well, brought me on. This is now. why UT brought me on. They wanted to expose their students to a whole different perspective and a whole bunch of different things, and I exposed, exposed them to them. exposing your old wrinkled balls on the hack squat machine. You guys want to work in here? <laughs> no, sir. Oh, they're good. No, sir. <laughs> they are good. They're good. Uh I think for the first time I'm against uh, woke inclusion policies. Uh, we need to get Tud out of there. He, he's Hell you can't no, get me out. I'm you can't get me off that machine, gonna, damn it. Tud, I think I'm going to put on my skin tight sweatpants, and you and I will go in there together. I've never heard of a corduroy wedgie, but I'm imagining one now. <laughs> oh, those poor kids. Uh, all right, I got, I got to take a wizard. You're going to go touch yourself. I, and by that, I mean, I'm going to go masturbate real quick. <laughs> How oh. could I not do that? <laughs> Meanwhile, in Prospect, Connecticut, the four hillbilly Jewish brothers are scouring the woods for the amorous alien known as Eaj. Original recipe radios into Colonel Sanders that he and Crispy Skin. You know what? Again, I... I I can't follow this whole KFC-inspired storyline. Let's just move on and ignore it, okay? The dumbest one got to be Colonel Sanders. The other ones are named after the different types of chicken. I don't know why, but this scene did kind of chuckle me. And when it was, they were doing the crispy and all this stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I thought Original Recipe did really good in the scene. <laughs> Uh, well, Hildy is back on the case now, hanging out alongside the bed as Eaj finishes up pulling out of a prospect local. Uh, again, every time, just him on top, 
very little uh, motion, and these chicks are insanely satisfied, which has been pretty much my experience over the years. The very little motion part? All of it. All of it. <laughs> Hildy's exhausted. He is not, me style. But Eaj agrees to go with her to Joe's Diner to get a cup of coffee to wake her up. This set piece, you guys are going to laugh at me, but this set piece is actually really cool. You've got a red neon sign that says, Eat at Joe's at the top of the screen. And then the two of them sit at a table enshrouded in total darkness far underneath that sign with just a little circle, a hint of red and white checkerboard floor beneath them. That shit looked great. It was a really cool looking wide shot. Wide shot, and they stick with that wide shot very smartly. This whole conversation it was a really cool master shot. It looked really cool. I thought you might like it, Tut. Thank you. It, it was. It was nice. Unfortunately, I, in this movie, and now I'll and now I'll ruin it by quoting their dialogue in that scene. You ever <laughs> see a you ever see a broccoli penis? Yeah, Hildy. Can't say that I have. She answers, indestructible. He boasts. Just like Bogart and Bacall. Just like oh. Bogart and Bacall. Oh, no, it wasn't. She's lamenting about Waldo. Uh, By he's the way, talented- I got to give you a whole bunch of props for bringing the Fool's Rush In reference, man. I thought I was the only one who watched that. Oh, I've never seen Everybody it. Everybody watched it. They just don't admit it. <laughs> but I've honestly never seen it. I just tried to reference the stupidest romantic comedy I could think of at the top mm-hmm. of my head. You mm-hmm. lie. You lie. Oh, and He's then you totally bogey and Bacall. The only Matthew Perry uh, film thing Play I've ever again, seen Sam. is that Play it horrible, again, Kate. Play it again. The horrible Bruce Willis assassin movie that he was in. That's, that's the only thing I've ever seen him in. Oh, that was great. That, had the, that was my first introduction to the brilliant Amanda Peet. Oh, whole nine yards? Come on. Oh, yeah. No, I watched the, the second one. Oh, the Another, whole ten yards? That was no, terrible. The whole, the whole terrible. ten yards. <laughs> Would it have been better if I'd seen the whole nine yards first? Yes. Yeah, you it got was, to was see so much, so much better movie. You got to see three yards of Amanda Pete. Oh. And then, and then, Cade, you missed the end of the trilogy uh, starring the Dallas Cowboys, ninety-seven yards and penalties. <laughs> 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 Once again, I nice. Um, <laughs> Too soon. Well, uh, she she says that Hildy says that Waldo's a talented nerd and a good friend, but he just doesn't know when to cool his fucking jets lately. She asks Eaj when he's due to leave Earth, and he fires back immediately with 30, 39 hours, fourteen minutes, and thirty two seconds. Homesick much? She says, not exactly. He sighs. What's it like, the reporter inquires about his home planet. Well, picture yourself in a gigantic salad, Iaj explains. Sounds like fun, she says. And then she asks, what if you never go back? Iaj explains that the government isn't taking any chances this time after Elvis. So if he doesn't return home, he will revert back to a piece of broccoli and lose the ability to ever again alter his appearance. Yeah, you probably end up in some prospect salad bar, she says. Hey, we saw our share of Connecticut salad bars on those trips, didn't we, boys? I don't oh, remember. No. We no, we just went to uh, Chili's and uh, Buffalo Wild. <laughs> Buffalo Wild—that's the only thing there. So, 
I, I think we just went to a Chili's and, in Buffalo, and Buffalo Wild Wings. And eight taps of IPAs with absolutely no IPAs. Yeah. This I'll take that good. IPA. Oh, we don't have that. I'll this take that good. IPA. We don't have that. Don't have it's that. very illuminating because, like, when I think of Connecticut, it's it's actually considered the most wealthy state in the union. But that's because you would think where, so. It's not a where very, we went. It's there, a very, there, there's like five it. houses there, billion dollars, and the rest of the state is exactly like those hillbillies. Uh, so, what's interesting there's like a real small part of Connecticut, which I guess is the very southwestern part where like Greenwich and, and those towns are that, that people that really wealthy people that, that have businesses in New York that can take trains there and everything like, like have their estates and that, that part of Connecticut, that's just a tiny part of the state. I guess the rest of it is Tud. I guess the rest of it's just Lufkin. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're not, you're not lying. I, I mean, when we were driving there, we, we came in, I think, uh, man, I can't remember where we flew into, but we had to drive across the state to Hartford or right outside of Hartford. And it was like driving through East Texas. I mean, it really was. It was a bunch of tin buildings. It was a bunch of strip joints. I mean, hmm. Interesting. I will say this. We did, I'm not going to name him, but we did go, we met with a a friend of the podcast, a friend of ours, uh, who took us to his parents' house to eat some pizza the first night we were there. And going up there, there were some really nice homes, mm-hmm. not not mansions, but, you know, nice, very nice kind of residential, well-spaced out, uh, beautiful, beautiful homes kind of away from the strip. It wasn't all strip clubs and yeah. pawn shops. Um, but are you boys during this talk between Eaj and Hildy, are you feeling like against all odds these two might be falling in love? Fools rush No, I'm like, I'm kind of like, is this movie over? Fools rush in style. I agree, Tess. So I... If I was maybe listening to the soundtrack of Against All Odds, then possibly. But no, they weren't playing that at the moment. Okay. Well, I did think... I did think... Uh, I, I'll say this. I shared Tut's feeling that at some point I was really looking at the timer wondering when this was going to be over, but I thought that they were building towards that. I thought that there was going to be an eventual Eosh and Hildy lovemaking scene. Um, fingers crossed. After their coffee break, Eosh, now wearing a silver bike helmet, a bicycling helmet for some reason, and his sidekick, Hildy, head over to yet another Hoochie's house, who, of course, is waiting for them in her bra and panties at the front door. And guess what? It's Dr. Pepper. Remember her? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Turns out she's always fantasized about doing a vegetable. You know, a cucumber costs like 35 cents at the grocery store. But again, who am I to judge or criticize? The only problem here is that the Jewish hillbilly brothers spot Eaj going into Dr. Pepper's house. Oh, shit. Shit. You know, just dawned on me. If I ever had a thought during our hiatus, like what I'm doing with my life, or is this, are we going to continue on this path and do what we do? The fact that I just uh, said the Jewish hillbilly brothers spot Eaj going into Dr. Pepper's house. I think that's going to make a lot of my decisions moving forward a lot, a lot clearer. 
Uh, to be honest, you've said a lot worse. Yeah. I guess in a, in a lower budget movie, it would be Dr. Thunder or like one of the... <laughs> Dr. Thunder. The generic brands. But they they went all in, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. It wasn't Dr. Pibb. Yeah, it wasn't Dr. It wasn't Dr. Pibb, which is just like Dr. Pepper. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody taking advice from Dr. Pibb. of doctors of generic names. So they only had Dr. Pepper. And it was 87, so Dr. Pepper was... Hadn't reached its regal status yet. Uh, that's true. Uh, that's true. And to make matters worse, the mafioso crew has finally, days later, found their way into the right state of Connecticut after a brief stop off for some pizza pies. Those were good pizza pies, naturally. Oh, and their station wagon. Making matters worse. And dude, every time they cut to them in that station wagon. In all movies, there's guys outside the fake car, you know, just gently rocking it to imply motion. This dude, it looks like he's driving on the surface of the moon. They're like just this this station wagon is a rocking. Uh, cut the frabber jabber, Tut. Cut the frabber jabber. Right, Dr. Boss, Pepper, I'm cutting the frabber jabber. Dr. Pepper does a strip tease as Eaj hums a song for her. Good gravy, Yak Boy. You do not get a body like this drinking Dr. Pepper, am I right? No, you do not. I wish you did. I mean, I would be I would absolutely recommend everybody just drink gallon after gallon of Dr. Pepper. Yeah, no, she she Dr. Pepper is smoking. I don't think it happens that way, and I it saddens me. Maybe she should have been Dr. Diet Dr. Pepper. Either way, I'm turning back towards the screen at this part of the movie. Mm. Uh, yes, yes, she's 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 shaking what her mama gave her. The doorbell rings, and when Hildy, she doesn't want to interrupt the lovemaking, so she's like, "I'll I'll get it." Uh, when she answers the door, it's the four hillbilly brothers with their shotguns, demanding that the ladies hand over the spaceman. What do they want from me? Eaj asks Doctor Pepper. Listen, Doctor Pepper says. They're frustrated homosexuals, most likely. Most rednecks are. Hey, she's got a PhD. She might be on to something. Easy. Oh, wait. Her degree was from Stephen F. Austin University. Never mind. Never mind. Easy. Let's, uh, let's not put too much stock into what Dr. Pepper says. Oh, wait a minute. What fucking University of Texas now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. I believe Dr. Thunder, the generic <laughs> equivalent, graduated from Stephen F. Austin University. Uh, the brothers argue over who gets to tie up the one with the Hooters. Hildy's like, hey, I have Hooters, too. And they're like, not like that. You don't. So the oldest brother makes them draw to pick a winner who gets to tie everybody up. But it ain't drawn straws, mind you. He gives each moron a pen and paper. And they each draw in under 20 seconds very impressive pictures of both the Mona Lisa and Whistler's and Whistler's mother. Dr. Pepper says she likes the Mona Lisa sketch better, so Big Peter Dick Goldberg gets to hogtie Dr. Pepper up. Yee-haw! So they load Eoj and his gang into the back of their pickup truck and head out. All I hear from this is there's not a lot of love for Whistler's mother, which is an excellent 
and awesome painting. And and once they tie him up and load him up in the back of the truck, where are they going? Who gives a shit? Hey, we don't care. No, that was the name of the place they were going to. Yeah, actually, who gives a shit bar? Who gives a shit? I think I think we passed that. I think we passed that at some point. <laughs> when they arrive back at their house, their Jewish father is quite pleased. Oy vey, what hooters! <laughs> That's offensive. That's offensive. Both to Jews and to Hooters. Yes. Yes. Uh, but it turns out in a huge shocking surprise that not only did Eosh fuck the seductive Peggy Sue, their sister wife, but under intense shotgun interrogation, all the redneck brothers have at one point had their way with Peggy in one way or another. All right. Maybe that wasn't a huge shocking surprise. It was shocked. a given. Yeah, she's kind of a whore. I hope you think that you're not the. You've seen her. Whore. Man, I, I shouldn't have said it like that. It was terrible. Doctor Pepper begs for the brothers to let her complete her experiment, banging banging Eos. But just then, the mafiosos barge in the door. In the name of rooster droppings, Tom and Jerry Goldberg cries out. Sonny takes one look at Doctor Pepper's tits. Mama Mia, what tomatoes? And orders his boys to untie the good doctor and tie up the hillbillies instead. The tables have turned, eh, boys? Eh, doctor? Oh, they've turned, all right. Cut your frabber jabber, yeah, boy. Cut your frabber jabber. You can't tell me what to jabber frabber about. Back at the mob boss's tiny apartment, which was previously in another state, but now it's like 10 minutes down the road because it suits the, the movie better. Sonny tells Eosh he wants to help him fund my relocation, help me with my fund relocation business, i.e. his stealing money business. Hildy recognizes Sonny as crime boss Sonny Bono, but he quickly corrects her. It's Sonny Bolione. 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 Well, whatever the fuck his name is, Iaj agrees to rob the banks with him, so he leaves the girls alone. So the bad guys leave, and Iaj now has plenty of time to bone Dr. Pepper. I'm dying to study your vegetal erectus, she purrs. She's all about the science. All about the science. But then Waldo shows up, and a shootout of sorts takes place between Waldo, the hillbillies, and the mafiosos, all taking name at each other, I guess. All right. <laughs> this is a first for us. 152 episodes. I'll be honest. I was a little buzzed at this point watching the film rental. And by the time I sobered up the next morning, it had expired and there was no way I was paying six bucks to watch this again. So if I screw up from this point on, just jump in and correct me. I won't be offended. But we won't. The next thing I remember, I've never done this before, but I'm pieced together the final act by my drunken memory. Eaj is shooting some banana peels at all the mafia guys and the Jewish hillbillies. Yes. Yes. They're slipping, they're, they're slipping and sliding and falling all over the fucking place. And wait for it. There's suddenly a group of sexy cheerleaders here rooting for Eaj to defeat the bad guys. That's correct. That's correct. Once again, no. you are correct. This is what I'm saying. They kind of started taking a little Kentucky Fried feel. So, uh, there was a little bit of a 
Bananas out of nowhere, wheel. out of nowhere, these cheerleaders showed up. Uh huh. Why not? Well, the good guys end up defeating the bad guys, and Waldo suddenly hits Sonny over the head with a shovel. He's our hero. At one point, yes. This this is where I'm really skeptical of my drunken memory. At one point, a Native American chief appears out of nowhere and gets killed by an arrow to the heart. He did. Did that happen? Did that happen? Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, okay. I'm not going to say that it did not happen. At the same okay. time, in addition to the cheerleaders, there are also two vendors: one selling, I guess, hot dogs, and one selling pies. That is correct. That is correct. And, oh, and they start they start slamming pies in people's faces. And Kate, I can't believe sweet you delicious pies. I can't believe you haven't mentioned this yet because I thought you would have been in a state of delirious bliss. Sound effects over the carnival sound effects. Yes. Every time those bananas and those pies all. Yes. I was totally thinking about you on that. Everything. It was there was so many fucking sound effects in this movie. All the pops and boo. Now that you're saying this, Doctor, I remember the the pies and the banana peel sound effects. I and I should to myself like this is this is why we're watching this. Cade went into this delirious state of bliss over these sound effects. I should mention this. I didn't mention it earlier. Now that I'm now that this is all coming back to me, there were several lovemaking scenes with Eaj where when he pulled out of the girls, it made it sound like a like a cork popping out of a wine bottle. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking about you that entire time. I was like, yeah, oh, no, God. They, they really. But in this last act, you're right, Doctor. They really come full force with the the sound effects. But yeah, that Native American dude just showed up out of nowhere just to get shot in the heart with an arrow. The only thing would have been better if he said, I'm not worried. I'm a Gemini. And then the arrow hit him. <laughs> it's pure madness at this point, And I wasn't understanding any of it because I was drunk. Uh, wouldn't it have been hilarious, though, if there were no cheerleaders or Native American? I just totally like drunk imagined all that. It wouldn't have been hilarious. That would have been amazing because we would have all imagined it. I watched it sober, and so if I thought that I had imagined all this thing sober, then, <laughs> well, I'm beyond help at this point. But uh, anyway. Well, Hildy, acting as the reporter on the scene, because she's a reporter, interviews some of the cheerleader babes, and they just can't get enough of their new, their new horny alien friend. Did, did that happen? Did she interview the cheerleaders, and they're like, he's so dreamy and all that? You, you didn't? You yes. Didn't so here's how here's how drunk Cade remembers the movie ending. So Eaj asked the heartbroken Hildy to walk him out to the departure point. She obviously loves him now, but he's still just a piece of fucking broccoli. And then boom, he vanishes back to his home planet. Game over, romance over, and I think the movie was over. Again, I'm not sure, but is that how it ended? Does that sound right? But for one thing, he he says that in order to go home, he must transform back into his normal self. So he turns into broccoli, and then he disappears. But he also tells Hillary that he's not surprised if in the future, now the ban has been lifted that was in place because of Elvis. And so he disappears. Hildy walks woefully down the street by herself looking cute with her hat and her blazer on, like I said, from a Debbie Gibson movie. And then yeah. some 
other alien dressed just like Elvis. Just looking with Elvis with the hair, but in the same silver outfit, he shows up, yeah. walks past a different group of hillbillies, and then they do the same Jack Benny thing where he's running back and forth, and then we have the end of this regrettable movie. Yeah, he disappears, and then uh, <laughs> an Elvis alien shows up, a terrible Elvis-looking alien, and they do the Benny Hill thing. And, and oblivious because she's walking down the street with all that going on behind her and with her hands in her pockets, woefully missing Eaj. And then, thank God, the motion picture has ended. The end, maybe. Um, Just a gigolo, as everybody knows. I ain't got nobody. Can you imagine how much better this movie would be if David Lee Roth played Eaj? I actually take that back. I thought Carmine did a really was a Carmine doctor. Did I get that right? Um, this would have been better if David Lee Roth had played Waldo. Would have been better if he had played Sonny. It would have been better if he had played one of the hillbillies. <laughs> Carmine Capo Bianco. Well, let's face it, every movie would have been absolutely more infinitely better if David Lee Roth had played whatever. (laughs) Zippity Dow! You know what? That's a true statement, Yax. I'm sorry. Pick a movie. Throw David Lee Roth in there. Bam! Better! Dude, do it. Pick a movie. Do it. Do it. Can't Buy Me Love? He's riding that lawnmower around? Doing splits? Handstands. You shit on my house. Zippity doo. <laughs> Zippity doo. Zippity bop. See? Better. Right there. Awesome. Point break. Booty. I have an FBI agent. Skibbity bibbity bop. Johnny, that's what I'm talking about. Skibbity doo. Bop, bop, bop. Well, I, I think that's enough. Well, if you can put him in a movie that it doesn't work, I'll I take think- it. I'll, you all have proved me wrong, but. I think that's an unfair pressure to put on Galactic Gigolo that David Lee Ross should have played every role in this movie. I, it's just <laughs> not feasible. Um, I will say this real quick. IMDb, because I wanted to learn more about Carmine uh, Cabo Bianco, the leading man, and it listed our main actor tonight as starring in 2008's Bikini Bloodbath Car Wash as coach smith so i watched that entire fucking shit fest and coach smith was nowhere to be found in the whole movie so if you folks are like me and want to dig deeper into the late carmine copa bianco's filmography be cautious very cautious of producers using carmine's star power to lure you in to watch their movie and then it'll leave you highly disappointed uh I, I thought he had a real charm to him. He sadly passed away at the age of 62, uh, not not too long ago. Uh, he, he did do some other independent films in the 80s, a few in the 90s, and then he kind of had a little resurgence before he died. Uh, he certainly is comfortable in front of the camera. Um, and he certainly wrote himself a very cool role where he gets to bang a lot of chicks. So, um, yeah, I, I just... As our first movie into the year, I wanted to uh, have fun, and I think we had fun with this one. Say what I, you want about it. We had I, I fun. Can give, really. 
I, I can give this movie a ton of crap, and it deserves a ton of fertilizer. But uh, I only ask one thing from movies of this sort: have some heart. You know, don't don't just get paychecks. Don't just give me a bunch of crap. And I thought this movie had heart. I, I really did. did. I thought the actors, like you said, I thought the actors were there. I thought they were giving it their all. I thought that the I, I could tell that the crew was having fun with this, and that's all I liked. If the crew's having fun with it, I'm having fun with it, and I didn't really have fun with it. So it's a crap of lies. I, I'm sitting I, on a chair full of lies. <laughs> you are, but. Uh... I thought it, it 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 passed the smell test for me. Uh, it was fun. It was uh, right that sweet area of 87, 88, which is some of my favorite movies are from. They could have really half-assed it a lot more. Yeah. The, the fact that they came up with the backstory about the vegetable planet. And <laughs> I, thought, I thought a lot of the dialogue, all jokes aside, was clever and it zipped. No, it was a big waste of time for me, but I could tell the heart uh-huh. was there. So, and we yeah. got some, we got some boobs, we got some eighties boobs, sweet eighties boobs. I, hey, and they were really all, good boobs. You can say it's my god, this movie is just terrible. But there's some sweet eighties boobs. All right, I'll watch it. You know what? Yeah. You hooked. You hooked me. Uh, I'm stuck here. Show me. I agree with Cades. Uh, I think the final assessment of it. Um, I think Cade just put it into perspective perfectly when he said we had fun with it because we did have fun with it and um, I'm always going to have fun when I hang out with you guys no matter what Uh, but uh, you're right we had fun with this movie Um, I I think Tot and I are kind of on the same page whereas putting everything into its proper perspective the budget everything they're trying to do, everything they were limited in what they could do. I still think the movie itself is an abject piece of shit. Um, just the, the redneck. Would, would you say that, would you say that about get lucky? Yes. Well, I told, Kate, I did say that about as, get lucky. As you pointed out tonight, I couldn't even remember the King Cobra show that I'd been on. I don't remember get lucky other than that. I kept doing the Exeter Flexeter bit and that I think I sang some <laughs> of the love songs at one point. This is better than get lucky. Yes. Uh, yes, it is. But like get lucky, it reminded me as I was watching it, like we can have a whole nother level of fun with this despite the movie. We did, mm-hmm. we did that, and you're right about that. The movie, to me, was was shitty, and I think that they just spent so much time with the rednecks and the Italian crew, and all those people were awful. And I think that, as you point out, uh, Carmine as Iage and the girl playing Hildy, I thought they were good and fun, and they had good delivery. And there's a point where just Dr. Pepper showing her God-given assets kind of overrules anything else that's going on. Um, I, it's a lousy movie, but we we had fun with it. You're right; we've seen a lot worse. I'd have to go back and watch Get Lucky again. Um, I remember watching this and thinking, "Let it be over," but we had fun with it. We did real quick. Yak Boy is our resident beer expert. If I showed you this beer, what kind of beer would you guess that was? I would say it's a stout, but is that your black IPA? It is. 
It's which they you have used the roasted malts. It's not bad after you get drunk off of another beer. Fuck you, Stone Brewery. You screwed me once. Let's get, let's get to that time of the evening. But it's Stone fun. Brewery has made delicious arrogant bastard. That's why it hurts. That's why it hurts. You can never hate Stone Brewery. They always make they're delicious. Not in, they're not in the St. Martin's category. I will still drink Stone Brewery, but this this look, was a, this was a big. Look, uh, they don't have the same guy making their sweet <laughs> delicious cans and their sweet with his artwork that draws you in and makes you believe it's going to be the greatest beer ever. To quote Matt Cage, they sold the sizzle, not the steak, and I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Uh, so uh, I'll be a little more cautious. I've been hurt now, and I'll, I'll be a little more cautious moving forward. Um, well, boys, um, I think the rest of our beers worked very well with tonight's cigar. Uh, Yaks, you once again really enjoyed the UFO. Tut, you liked your gluten astronaut, gluten free astronaut cookies. Man, I'm doctor, so healthy. Doctor, you never did explain your tie-in to the film with the untethered IPA. Well, it's unraveled. 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 And uh, I actually purchased this in lieu of the advancing bad weather. I purchased this before I watched the movie. Uh, however, I did have a premonition that a beer called Unraveled would have a tie-in. And after watching Galactic Gigolo, I didn't feel that the movie itself unraveled from A to B so much as I thought my life has perhaps unraveled. This is what I do with my spare time. But no, that's legit. Uh, it's, it's best if we don't delve too deeply into sorts of things. <laughs> that that that's a legitimate tie-in. Yeah, it is. It tracks. No, that 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 makes sense. Okay, uh, I think the intergalactic cigar we get three thumbs up. Oh, huge or, thumbs yes. up! Or in the uh, hey God. hey, in the spirit of Dylan the pickle, can we do our thumbs up down just below there, the screen? Right what do you mean? A little, you little dance around. Like <laughs> there we go. I think we're all going to be ordering mm-hmm. some uh, some Dylan the pickle T-shirts in the near future. I need to get Fritz to do a Dylan the pickle night at the Bonaire. You think you can make Bonnie the official bar of the Portland Pickles? I, I, I'm going to try. Um, I think you'll, it will be a good fit. I, I, you know, a good fit. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's good to be back. I I, I hope you folks missed. I hope you folks missed us. And if you did, I hope we uh, we uh, came back with a satisfactory. Uh, explosion in your face hole for 2022 tut give us some links then what i will tell you is you can join us on twitter at tncc cast you can see all of our fun pictures on tncc underscore podcast that's instagram you can join us on facebook tuesday night cigar club please subscribe to us on youtube at tuesday night cigar club and guess what go to our website 
TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. And let me tell you what you're going to find there. You're going to find review after review of delicious cigars that Cade's writing up. You're going to find review after review of fun movies that the doctor is finding out. And you can't go wrong. Start your 2022 with going to our website, finding all this fun. It's basically a happy, fun place. If you go to TuesdayNightCigarClub.com, you might as well just rename that website the Happy Fun Place. There is a lot, uh, as opposed to to other years, there's a lot going to be going on on the, our webpage this year. A lot more standalone cigar reviews. Uh, I'm I'm hoping uh, that the doctor's inspired to write some more stuff. That's always fun to uh, publish. But yeah, the website's going to be very more active this year than in previous years, uh, which gets me very excited. And uh, and then when we do this with a movie and a cigar and some beers like this, it's just going to be that much more magical. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better opening show to the year. Uh, I just knew it. I just had a feeling we're going to have fun with this thing. And we sure did. So uh, I think our next episode will be early uh, next month. It'll be our big, we can't miss our big St. Patty's day uh, party. So we will, uh, the next time you hear from us will be in the beginning of March uh, for our big St. Patty's Day party drinkathon extravaganza. Oh, the yeah. doctor's, two th- doctor's two thumbs are touching right now, which <laughs> uh, P- uh, Dylan the Pickles doesn't know what to make out of that. Um, but yeah, we're always around. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're always doing our thing. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we definitely play by our own set of rules, uh, more so than ever, kind of uh, the end of last year and our publishing our, our best of list. Uh, it kind of dawned on us that or dawned on me that we are 100 uh, percent playing by our own set of rules and we don't give a shit. Our only mission is to have fun and to party our fucking asses off. And we will continue to do that more so than ever. I want to party like never before in 2022 and god damn it that's what we're gonna do we have no one to answer to but ourselves and luckily we're all too drunk to ever really call ourselves on any of our bullshit so it's gonna be a fun year i can't wait so (laughs) we will see you at saint patty's day motherfuckers and we will get your your what are those big things we drink out of yaks on saint patty's day what's the size of that thing the big Stein. Stein. The Stein. Get your Stein ready on St. Patty's Day because we're coming in hard for St. Patty's Day this year. We're going to blow up St. Patty's Day like we never have before. In the meantime, check out the website. Hope you like this show. If you don't, check out the next one. Maybe that's the one for you. If this one and the next one aren't for you, then this just might not be for you, and that's okay. Hey, that's as, David totally Lee, as David Lee Roth once said, if you like it, Tell a friend. If you don't, tell an enemy. Zippity doo. Zippity, 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 zippity bop. I love it. Uh, well, none of us are getting rich from this. Uh, we're just doing it for the love of it, which reminds me of another David Lee Roth quote. Money can't buy you happiness. Zippity, zippity bow. But it can buy you a big ass yacht to help you sail through the sadness. <laughs> Sayonara. Ah. Kings of Liberty never lose a feather. Say- oh, sayonara, motherfuckers. 
See you next time. Thanks for joining. Bye. To learn more about the time I worked as a highly successful galactic gigolo while mainly focusing my efforts on, you guessed it, Uranus, please read my science fiction short story, That's Not a Laser Pistol, I'm Just Happy to See You, by Keith A. Howell. There's action. There's adventure. There's a healthy dose of intergalactic political intrigue. And, of course, more horny big-tittied space babes than you can shake a flesh saber at. In the meantime, to learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode, please visit ovejanegracigars.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. <laughs> <laughs>